Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. How did it feel to you? Let me think. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all... And welcome once again to You Have Offended This Podcast. We watch martial arts movies. My name is Mike McCarran, and with me, as always, is the man who never misses all that heavenly glory, <laughs> Chad Lindsay. What's up, man? Oh, how you doing, man? How are you doing? Doing so much better than last. Yeah, week. man. Like I, I, I needed this. I needed this. Like a this. Yeah. This film was like a sorbet that just kind of cleansed the palate of all of that nastiness from the. Uh, from the last movie, and it's so great that we went back to, you know, honestly, one of the greatest martial arts films ever made. Like, ever Yeah, made. and it's not even, yeah. it's not even like, you know, you talk about anybody's, you know, top ten list, and this is going to be on everybody's top ten list. A hundred percent, yeah. There's, I remember when George Carlin was talking about his career shortly before he passed away, and I remember him saying, if somebody ever does the history of comedy in the 20th century, they can't leave me out. Mm. And I, I remember him saying that, like he made enough of a dent that they couldn't leave him out. That's what this movie is. Any top 10 list of best martial arts movies on anybody by any standard, this movie's near the top. Probably top five, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, like like anybody in the world. Like, you know, you know. oh, look. Yeah. Oh, look, it's a baby <laughs> right? that just came out of the womb. What's your top 10? <laughs> like, oh, I am the dragon, of course, sir. You're just going to get, woo! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this movie was a big part of the inspiration of why I even wanted to do this podcast, to be honest with you. like, And you can tell, like, the intro is from this movie. The outro is from this movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Like, everything. It's, <laughs> this is where it's from, right? It starts and ends with this movie, for real. Well, that was when you first called me, and you're like, let's do a podcast, and we'll call it You Have Offended This Podcast. And I got it right away, and I was just like, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember you said, that's a goddamn great yeah, title. <laughs> like, it's a great, yeah, because it just... Ah, it's just, I mean, this is, this is the quintessential <laughs> martial arts film that really has everything. And to my knowledge, which I'll, I'll admit, I'm just more of a fan than somebody who's like a, you know, studies these things academically, as it were. Yeah, me too. This was the big Hollywood putting money into this, you know, like, let's, let's make an international something for Western audiences, you know, in the 70s, you know, right around the time we were born when this was made. Yep. Martial arts was huge. And, you know, people were opening up martial arts schools that had no business, that had no training. They were just, you know, like opening up fucking dojo and stuff you know it was like some <laughs> fat guy who was like oh you want to come here and take karate there was legit teachers and there were shit teachers and you know like all of that's all of all of this was just like a crazy time you know like kung fu fighting was you know like a song like yep. it was it was yeah. just like this this awesome awesome time and this film is kind of like the 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 crown jewel of the early 1970s when it comes to martial arts entertainment it's so good. And this, you know, one of the biggest compliments you can pay to really anything is to say, well, you know, this inspired a generation of blah, blah, blah. Right. But this movie legitimately inspired generations. Yes. Like plural of martial artists to start 
karate, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, Taekwondo, like name your thing. It inspired people to get out on the mats and, and pick up an, a martial art of some kind. And to have literally 40, 50 years of that is crazy. It's, it's insane that you can still watch this, and it's still... I watched it this afternoon. It's still good. No, that's the, <laughs> that's the thing that's so great about it, is it's still... It's still... And, and you know, we were, we were talking briefly, because we don't like to talk a lot about it, but we were talking about yeah. how, you know, it's, it's actually a film, and a lot of the action uh, and the fighting from Bruce Lee, like... You know, you're an hour into a 90 minute movie and he hasn't beat anybody up <laughs> badly yet, you know, right. and that he just yep. he just did such a great job at, at just telling a story and acting. And there's some really good acting in this, like from multiple people. Really good. And the music yep. is so good. Like, man, it just oh, the score's amazing. It just nails it. It just nails it on every level, man. I just I just so yep. love this film. It's awesome. It's so good. Originally titled Blood and Steel, the initial title of this movie. And the studio didn't even want to change it from that. They didn't like the title Enter the Dragon. They thought it sounded like a kid's movie. Really? <laughs> yeah, so they wanted to stick with Blood and Steel. And Bruce obviously wanted Enter the Dragon because of his name and the whole thing. Eventually the studio was like, you know what? We're, we're okay with changing the name from Blood and Steel, but we kind of really like the title Hans Island. Oh, that's <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> right? And Bruce was like, yeah, how about no on that? <laughs> so we fi they finally got to change it to, to Enter the Dragon. And in hindsight, they were all like, yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, Blood and Steel. I don't, I don't even know. Like, Blood and Steel is a cool title. It just doesn't, like, it... it it doesn't work. I don't believe it works in the context of of this particular film, Blood and Steel. Not but, really. Uh, I don't know. Like, there's the only line is like, you know, uh, we forge our bodies in the fire of our will, <laughs> gentlemen. You right? have our <laughs> like. That's the only thing that kind of talks about some sort of smelting, um, of, like, <laughs> some s smelt related yeah, title. Smelt related. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't. I don't think the blood and steel works for this particular film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this uh, initially came from the source material was this this screenplay called Kelsey apparently originally got or changed into Enter the Dragon by the screenwriter Michael Allen and he based it on a comic book uh that he that he read when he was a, a kid called Terry and the Pirates which is why it's a lot of the time there's a lot of like really bright colors and stuff like that which obviously meshes with the Chinese culture as well with very vibrant and bright colors and things like that. So, and he the the writer said that the movie was kind of an homage to James Bond movies, which you can kind of see with Bruce Lee sneaking around and shit. Yeah, you can certainly see that. And the completely inept guards <laughs> that go Absolutely that goes with the inept guards. That goes with the James Bond. <laughs> That's right. Theme. Like that Austin Powers yes. clip. Go ahead, lay down, yeah. son. Go ahead, lay down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. And uh, just before we get into the movie, we might as well go through some other little stuff here. There's not a whole lot. The, the whole, actually, this is hysterical to me because apparently, initially, I was kind of like, God, the Jim Kelly character of Williams, like they really play him up as like the black stud and he picks all the four girls, which we'll get into later when they get on the island. But <laughs> there's a quote from the producer. <laughs> there's a quote from the producer, Paul Heller. This is in the, the book, Bruce Lee, the, the biography. <laughs> Listen to this quote from Paul Heller. Quote, 
Jim Kelly screwed everything that moved in Hong Kong. <laughs> he ended up in he ended up in the hospital with bloated testicles. We had a har- <laughs> we had a harness for him to hang over the acid pit for his death scene, but he couldn't wear it because he was so sore. We had to specially make a cargo net for him. <laughs> what? <laughs> they had to specially make a cargo net for him. Because he couldn't wear the harness because his dick and balls were so sore. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, hey man, I guess that scene was kind of accurate. Yeah. Yeah, all that shit I gave the film, they're like, oh, they always make the black guy the... Oh, well, Jim Kelly. Jim hats off. Doing what he can to <laughs> enforce the stereotype, sir. <laughs> hats off, Jim Kelly. I was wrong. <laughs> You go. You go and ice your nuts. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> One other quick thing. Williams or- originally was uh, offered um, uh, Rockney Tarkington, another actor, was originally going to play Williams, but he pulled out over money. And uh, Jim Kelly came in on, I believe, two days' notice. That guy wakes up and kicks his ass with regret every right? day. No, that's not Every enough. single day that's of the week, and money. twice on Sunday. Oh, yep. damn it. And uh, well, he was picked, Jim Kelly was picked because they knew he could fight, but they were like, wow, this dude can act because he's actually pretty good, too. He's really good in this, man. Like, they keep everything nice and tight here as a as yep. a film. And, you know, when you're doing that with a film, you can you can kind of see that, you know, sometimes when, they, when the film kind of spins a little bit out of control, you can see the acting kind of falling apart. But everything every, yep. everything in this is, is, is exceptional. And this is probably Jim Kelly's best acting out of all the films that I've seen him in. It's his, it's his best performance in a film. Yeah, and this was what obviously led to Black Belt Jones and the sequel to that and yes. all that jazz. So, I mean, this is, this is his breakout performance, really. I mean, well, it's his first role because it's introducing Jim Kelly, so... Yeah, I mean, like, what a what a way to start. Oh, start with a bang. <laughs> Jesus Christ, right? And lastly, the part of O'Hara was initially offered to Chuck Norris. Ooh. O'Hara was supposed to be Chuck, but Chuck was like, yeah, I got my ass kicked by you in one movie, so I'm not doing that again. Oh, man. I'm only going to star in movies where I'm the star. Honestly, on like, as much as I would love to see it, Bob Wall did a really great job in this film. Like He, he did. did a really, did. really I, good job. Well, Bruce said, if you don't take it, I'm going to offer it to Bob Wall. And Chuck said, yeah, Bob will do a great job. Okay. (laughs) Just gave it to Bob. Bob's my student. (laughs) And yeah, Bob's my student. (laughs) Wait, isn't his name Steve? Fred. (laughs) Yeah, fucking Fred. Fred. (laughs) Wasn't it Fred? What the fuck? (laughs) All right. So, yeah, let's get into this. Uh, Just before we start breaking this whole thing down, we got a couple of thank yous to give out. Um, This was requested by three different people, so I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, number one, Nick Gullo, a.k.a. Nick the Tooth. Got kind of famous for being on Dana White's Looking for a Fight for a little bit there. He's the host of the uh, Infinite Worlds podcast. He's a writer. He's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Seems like a super cool guy, so thank you, Nick. Uh, Also, Kenny Florian, once again, former UFC fighter, commentator for BattleBots, does the Anik and Florian podcast, and owns Florian Martial Arts Center in Brookline, Massachusetts. So once again, thanks, Kenny. And lastly, Stefan Kesting, who uh, runs the GrappleArts.com website. He has the Strenuous Life podcast, which is a dope podcast, by the way. If you don't listen to that, you should. And he puts up really good technique videos. Uh, So if you check those guys out, they're awesome. Thanks, everybody, for suggesting this because, goddamn, we needed it. And it was awesome. All right. So five sections as usual. 
number one section here for the movie. We get the opening, obviously, and the character introductions. Uh, we get a couple of flashbacks here, and finally ending with the arrival at Hans Island. So obviously this movie had a low budget, uh, relatively speaking. It was $850,000 worth of budget, <laughs> but it's made, it's one of the highest grossing martial arts movies ever. It made $350 million so far. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, yeah, like it's, it's insane. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's, it's like runaway freight train of, oh. and you know, and and good for it. Like they they there's so oh, much there's so. so much care in this film that it deserves every penny that it got. And you and I, um, I, I don't know how because th- this this I saw this probably when I was about ten or eleven uh, through rental yep. through VHS rental. Um, yes, and, when you had to rent the machine. Yeah, too. you had to rent the whole goddamn. <laughs> works um you had to come home from blockbuster with a fucking suitcase yeah. you had to come home with suitcase power bar you had to be back you had to be back before the mall opened the next day like somebody could be down here at 8 a.m wanting to rent that machine so you better get it the fuck back here we'll charge your credit card but yeah right and uh i i i mean this this movie probably exploded on the home rental market like this, this. Oh, I can't even imagine. I mean, as as big of an international star as Bruce Lee was at the time, like you know, I remember, I remember kids in grade six talking about his films, and then you know, I went down to the video store again, rented the VCR and a couple of Bruce Lee movies for I think my birthday. Yep. Probably cost my parents two hundred bucks, but <laughs> <laughs> you can right. watch. Well, that, remember you had to put the deposit yeah. on the VHS, yeah, you, and it was like a hundred yeah. bucks or something. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> They probably could have just sent us to the you know go see go see the fox and the hound at the movie theater. It's two dollars, right. you losers. But anyway, yeah, uh, cool. I got to see this, and I don't know how many times I rented it until you know in those early uh, days, those early eighties, you couldn't afford to buy cassettes. They were like no. hundreds of dollars. Well, and a VHS machine by itself cost like ten grand. Yeah, back exactly. Then. <laughs> you know, and it was the size of a coffee table. Like you put it, you <laughs> right. put it on your coffee table, and your coffee table would disappear. But then, of course, when I got older, and I and I think it was in the '90s, like you know, quite a bit later, uh, where I bought it yeah. the collection on uh, VHS, and I remember you bought the collection on VHS as well, yeah. which would have been well, no, there was the four films, the Golden Harvest ones, the, yeah, and then you bought you had to buy Plus this one, one separately because it wasn't part of the Golden Harvest collection. No, no, you always got Fist of Fury and Return. And Chinese Connection, and then you always usually got a fourth one, which game was like death. you know, in introducing Bruce Lee. No, they Lee gave you or, Game of Death. Oh yeah, that's right. You get Game of Death. That's yeah, right. And then there was that other one that was the yeah. You had to buy this one separately, and then there was like a Golden Harvest Raymond Chow story behind the scenes and all that stuff that we had as well. That's right. Which was a really right. good one too. Yeah, I remember this was always separate. So, and then I had to buy it again on dvd and then i had to buy it again on blu-ray so like i've put a lot of money that you know a chunk of that 350 mil and you every time a new format's created it's like ah i gotta go buy scarface again i gotta go buy Under the dragon again i gotta buy the godfather i gotta go buy buy the godfather trilogy again it's just like you (laughs) bastards you assholes (laughs) okay so this movie opens up with the uh the last part that was actually filmed which is the fight uh at the monastery with sammo hung which is kind of awesome. Yeah, Samuel looks great and oh, he's lean for Samuel. Lean for Samuel and Bruce just looks Bruce looks incredible. I mean, I think this is his oh. best looking like body-wise. This is his best oh looking God. film. He is absolutely 
he's he's shredded to the point where he it, it, his sinew doesn't even look human at that point. You know. Well, he lost like twenty pounds during the filming of this too, right? Yeah, I heard. I which he couldn't afford because he was one forty five or some shit as it was. Yeah, I remember reading one twenty and. Um, I think it was Black Belt Magazine way, way, way back when that he he dropped down to 120 by the end of filming this. And it was like, holy mac. Which is crazy. Because, I mean, like, this this scene would have been at the end of all that. So this is where he's, as you once said, shredded like a julienne salad. He's he's just ripped to the bone. And uh, he's just chucking Sammo around. And, I mean, they didn't even plan this fight. Apparently, Sammo said, yeah, Bruce just called me up and said, hey, man, I want you to be in the movie do a fight with me and sam was like yeah okay and they showed up and they were like okay uh you punch me and then i'll kick you like okay and then they'd film it they filmed this scene in a day and a half man (laughs) this this whole shit here i i was impressed with it and and the funny thing is like you know it had been a little while since i watched this even though i've watched it so many times but now that i'm getting older and older right now i'm pushing 50 and then i you know yep. sammo comes on and i'm like oh my look how young sammo looks i'm like look how young like, i know he looks right like a little kid you know yeah. I, I i enjoyed that i enjoyed seeing him like as because you know remember he was on uh martial law and you know you we, oh, we've yeah. seen so much of the older sammo hung that when it when it comes back to him i'm just like he looks like a little boy yeah he's so lean yeah. and and agile he's super i mean he, not that he was not never agile because even at whatever his highest weight was he was still doing backflips and kip-ups and, <laughs> and jumping shit. exactly exactly <laughs> seagal's getting winded unwrapping his big mac and you know <laughs> samo's tipping the scales and he's you know doing the splits as he goes under a tractor trailer <laughs> you know does a does a kip-up sorry i'm a little slow today <laughs> yeah. like jesus <laughs> Steven Seagal standing there with both palms on his knees, just wheezing. Sammo Hung's sweating from doing sweating from doing up his pants. Doing after circles taking a around him on a unicycle, you know, like just like hey, <laughs> just killing it. This was a good fight. I enjoyed the kicks and the flips and stuff, and I enjoyed the little kind of grappling MMA ending here, where he gets him in the crucifix and makes him tap. That was kind of cool. yeah, and it really shows at this point in Bruce's like martial arts and his study going, you know, outside of the traditional win chun and you know as everyone knows who's followed him his love of grappling and judo and jujitsu and different forms of martial arts and wrestling and boxing and how he just kind of incorporates so much into his fight I, i think it's just to i think it kind of tells a little bit of a story about his you know entire trajectory in his martial arts study yep absolutely the whole evolution of the jeet kune do system you can see in this one fight kind of really you know with his with his throws and punches and kicks and knees and the whole thing it it all kind of comes together and then uh we get the little flip over the over the monk's hands to finish it off which was a stunt double obviously that's not bruce that was his his stunt fella who i forget what his name is but came in to do the flips and stuff and then we get the chat with the uh the head monk the the shaolin where they talk about sort of bruce's philosophy of martial arts a good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Not thinking, yet not dreaming. Ready for whatever may come. When the opponent expands, I contract. When he contracts, I expand. And when there is an opportunity, I do not hit. It hits all by itself. Yeah, doing his own his own worded version of 
the become water yeah, speech and, from Longstreet. And his, you know yeah, I mean? his whole philosophy. And I don't think that this scene was on the VHS collection. Like, it was we, we, we were saying, like, we bought all the different versions and stuff like that. So now at this point, it's very hard for me to keep it all track. But yes. yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't remember this being on the VHS. And I can't remember where it got inserted. I think it was the DVD version that it showed up on yeah i believe so i, th- I think it came out on the, the dvd and then it, they kept it on the blu-ray but it wasn't on the original i remember that yeah um i watched the comment <clears throat> excuse me the commentary track on the blu-ray and the producer paul heller said it's not that wasn't in the original and then they put it in after as as an additive to bruce's philosophy and to kind of give a bit of the background on the han character yeah yeah because well it's kind of and it kind of story-wise trips up a little bit you know we can't we can't be because it's just kind of (laughs) like his name is han and then later braithwaite's like we want you to go to uh, han's tournament he's like han's tournament like like it's this big thing (laughs) like this fucking super bowl right (laughs) that guy you just found out about eight seconds ago literally you're now this what a coincidence (laughs) what an absolute coincidence i just learned about this han guy from my teacher you know the guy in the orange robes yeah he just told me about han (laughs) but i'm gonna pretend like i know about it and i'm very sage about it yeah and that (laughs) all along oh yeah and that's not bruce's voice either (laughs) no this movie was filmed entirely without sound or sound effects and was completely dubbed in later which is typical for these hong kong films yeah yeah and some sometimes it's bruce's voice and sometimes it's not um, most of the English actors obviously would have dubbed their own voice, but you know some of them didn't. Obviously, if they were Chinese actors, for example, the guy who plays Han Shikian, uh, Shikian's voice was dubbed by the guy who played Number One Son in the Charlie Chan movies. Oh, okay. Um, who's a really good actor and could speak very good English, so he w- he had his voice dubbed. But everybody else pretty much did their own. So after the little chat with the monk here, uh, we get the scene with Braithwaite, and we get the introduction, like you said, of Han's tournament, and that Braithwaite wants. Lee to go and compete in this particular tournament. And this is where we also get the little interruption of Lau coming up to get instruction from Lee, which is kind of, I love this little scene. This scene scene with with Lau is great. And just to go back really quickly, I forget where I was reading it, but I believe it was either the director or the producer of the film. Bruce had a hard time saying the name Braithwaite. And I read this, I I, I read this like, dude, I read this like, 25 years ago 30 years ago i was reading about this film yeah and uh, bruce asked if they would change the name braithwaite because he has a hard time saying it and they was like no no it's it's critically important that his name is braithwaite and you know every time i hear it it pisses me off right because he's just kind of like nice to meet you mr wait wait like he just can't and i'm not making fun of him because i if anybody thinks that i'm making fun no, of him he has when a I say hard it, time. Like, why couldn't you just call him mr smith or mr jones like whatever and just you know let your actor perform and yeah. i get so mad at like you know some of the you know we when when you read linda lee's Caldwell's, you know, uh, biography on him, or when we watched Dragon the Bruce Lee story, you know, the bullshit fucking racism that he had to deal with in trying to make this. And he's a goddamn, you know, the greatest that ever did it. And, you know, he still yep. had, he still had to uh, put up with that type of bullshit. So, yeah, I think that might have been Michael Allen, the screenwriter for the movie, if I remember, because uh, they didn't get along. There's a scene coming up where. Bruce goes to the graveyard. Yes. Uh, which we'll get to in a couple of minutes here. But Bruce talked to him, the, the writer, Michael Allen, and was like, why like, why is this scene split between me and this person sweeping? And Michael Allen tried to explain why. And Bruce was like, oh, okay. But 
basically was just agreeing with him to be like, okay, I'm going to get you out of my face now. And then went to the director and was like, that guy has to go or I'm going. Mm. And they told Bruce that they were going to fire Michael Allen, but then they never did that. And they kept him on and just kept him away from Bruce. (laughs) And eventually Michael Allen, when he was secretly taken to Hong Kong to be part of the movie, but you know, anytime a writing question would come up, Bruce would go to the director, Klaus, or he would go to Fred Weintraub and would address them with the concern. And they would go to Michael Allen as the intermediary because Bruce didn't know that Allen was there. And then eventually they bumped into each other just by happenstance. And Bruce lost his mind. <laughs> yeah. And freaked out that this guy was still on the goddamn set and was like, this guy's still here? Like, you assholes. Like, <laughs> freaked out <laughs> and threatened to quit the movie and the whole shit, but they didn't get along. So I think it might have been Michael Allen that kept the Braithwaite name in there. Yeah, well, just yeah, to that be would a make dick sense. To Bruce. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, you know, I read a lot about this stuff, like, you know, years and years and years ago. So a lot of the stuff is kind of yeah. in my mind, but it's not. It's it's not fresh. It's decades old. I remember hearing that, though, as well, that the Braithwaite thing was in there and, and it was hard for Bruce, which, again, yeah, it pisses me off, too, because, like, for Christ's sake, he's the star of your movie. Yeah, yeah it's not like, yeah, he's not, a, he's not a bit character. He is the lead. But, yeah, he has this little conversation yeah. with Braithwaite, and then when uh, Lau shows up, like you said, it's I, I actually really like it when... He just basically fucks right off. He's just like, it's Lau's time. And he gets up and he just walks yep. away. I, <laughs> I, just, I just love that. And Braithwaite is just kind of confused. And Bruce just smoothly yep, walks right. right over to him very confidently. He looks great in this film. Like, it's just, it's a great scene. It's a great scene. And, you know, it, 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 it's not even a five-minute lesson, I don't think. But there's so much in it of his philosophy of martial arts and just martial arts in general. It's kind of like the Miyagi character in Karate Kid. Yeah, kind of boiled down to a little five-minute session. But that exchange that he has with him, like even though it's only a few minutes, he gives something to Lao. And now Lao is going to go, you know, like in the, like, I mean, when when I studied martial arts, you know, I'm like, okay, I go three nights a week from this time to this time. Um, When I did get to spend some time with a lot of the Okinawans, they were saying that, you know, generally generationally like your teacher would give you something to do like back in the 50s like they would say okay go work on this and then you would fucking go to the dojo and you would work on that like it wasn't like you know the teacher standing (laughs) over and then the teacher would come up to you again like months later and they'd be like hey uh how'd you make out on uh like you know you would do physical drills (laughs) and stuff like that right but your teacher you know like not here in you know like north america when you're you know your teacher's working with you every night you know so yeah. i just found that really cool and interesting how he just gave him a bit of information is like now nah, yeah go work on that this is a lifetime yeah. commitment of learning and yeah it was really good yeah it's feeling put feeling into it right don't just throw a thing to throw a thing and be angry about it put yeah. some feeling into Loved it. it really good that that kid's name is tongue way he became a director now he's a he's been really? a fairly influential director yeah in uh in hong kong now for the last quite a while so good on tongue way for that kid so then we get a cut here, and we get Williams arriving in Hong Kong in his fabulous red denim suit-looking thing. He looks awesome walking around in the B-roll footage of Hong Kong here. Yeah, but you need to make mention of the incredible theme song that kicks in as oh, this happens. The theme song's awesome. This, this soundtrack, again, like, everything's a hit in this film, and the soundtrack Everything. Is, 
not just the soundtrack like the theme song here is so great and it's timed well like it just goes from that nice soft bow with Lau and then it cuts to Braithwaite and then and it's just I don't know man it just amps you up it lets you know what's happening and then we've got all the (sighs) introduction of all the characters all getting off the plane it's planes and various yeah yeah, it's great so good Gets me it gets me hyped every time I, I hear do it. It's that awesome. Little key eye every time I watch yes. it. Yes. Right? <laughs> me too. Da, da, da. Every I'm sitting on the couch by yeah. myself. Yeah. Like, da, da. <laughs> da, da. I can't not yeah. do it. Yeah, Come you're on, just, Bruce. You're just doing it on your couch or wherever. What are you made of stone? <laughs> Come on. It's yeah, it's a great it's a great thing. You get the credits rolling, you got Williams going through uh, okay. Roper in his suitcases. Roper. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, it, it's it's this film understands itself. It understands pacing. It understands timing. It understands mood. You know, and like you said, Roper with his suitcases. Like we know everything about Roper. You know, he's you know rich, pretentious. You know, he's got all these suitcases. Yep. He's got a rickshaw for himself, and he's got three, four rickshaws just for four rickshaws his, for, for his, his luggage and stuff. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it's just yeah, it's like you know, there's same old same rope. old rope, same old Williams. But yeah, you've got you know an introduction to the character with no dialogue, you know, underneath the underneath the credits. But it's telling you everything you need to know, man. It really is. It really is. So we get those two guys arriving. Then we get the uh, the sit down with uh, Lee and his dad, where his dad gives him the background on his sister. Um. And the whole, I was in town with that. Uh, yeah, well, we go to Braithwaite giving him the breakdown of Han. Remember, they're they're in the office, and oh yes, he's yes, playing yes, the sorry, old. Yes, uh, you're right. He's playing the old uh, intro of Han and O'Hara. Yeah, O'Hara getting the uh, getting the two by twos that's broken right. over him and stuff. Forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Because this is the the film, and uh, you get Tadashi Yamashita here from American Ninja breaking boards over O'Hara. Yeah, which was really cool. I was like, that's Tadashi Yamashita. That's Black Star Ninja. <laughs> Ninja <laughs> breaking boards over O'Hara. <laughs> I had your girlfriend, <laughs> O'Hara. Picked up a facial scar somewhere. <laughs> is Ortega there, too? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is when he failed at becoming an orange ninja. <laughs> and we get the explanation here of why there's no guns. I was going to, yeah, Bruce gives I the, really wanted to bring that up. I really love this part. Go ahead. It was a cool little scene where he's like, Bruce Lee's like, Guns. Now, why doesn't somebody pull off 45 and bang, settle it? No, no guns. And he's like, no, 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 can't do that because Hans freaked out about guns. And you give that little, he gives that little cryptic, he had a bad experience with them one time. <laughs> so he doesn't allow them on his island now. So there's the explanation of why you can't have guns, which is great. They handle it really and well. And it's really cool with Bruce Lee's whole philosophy of martial arts. Basically, guns would be a fuck of a lot simpler here, guys. Like, you know, like guns. Yeah. Guns. Can't like, you why, why am I going in there, you know, entering this big tournament and getting in the fisticuffs when, you know, we can just go shoot them? And he's just like, no guns. <laughs> Somebody shoot and I love, I love when he goes, no guns. And Bruce, Bruce's face just kind of drops. Uh, you know, so like, look he's, is like awesome, he's sad. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the things we'll get into a little bit more. But, you know, when you talk about the, uh, you know, the Chinese opera or the Peking operas or the different schools of training, all of the actors that went through that are so good with those little micro facial expressions. You know what I mean? Like they're on film and Bruce can do it. Jackie Chan can do it. And Angela Mao, who we'll see in a few moments, 
um, who plays we'll his sister. Sam Hung can uh, do it. Sam Hung can do it. They they can emote with like the tiniest tiniest expressions and they're so yeah. good and bruce is fantastic in this scene bruce is great like bruce stands out above you know quote-unquote hollywood actors as being the camera loves that dude like he's so good and he understands the look and li- like you said when when braithwaite says nope no guns and bruce's face just like oh, exactly damn, wait, for fuck's sake yeah, yeah. like y- you can see it in his face without him saying anything like what the fuck for christ's yeah. sake like <laughs> stupid ass rules yeah, stupid, yeah, ass tournament. stupid <laughs> ass british guy sending me and bruce looks dope in his suit like he you know he's got that nice three-piece suit on with the big collar he he looks good he's got so much charisma and um yeah you know he does a really great job in this scene and the guy who plays braithwaite i mean you know he does his he's a good actor and he does his role and he, he, is, he uh, helps set this whole thing up which is good Yep, he plays his part really well. Sadly, he died like two weeks after they completed filming. Yeah. Poor guy. But uh, but he, he did his role very well here. Yeah, good actor. Standout actor. So then we get the junks here. Uh, with You get the flashback here. You get Bruce Lee, or Lee, I guess, on the junk here going out to the main... He's, he's on the dinghy going out to the main junk to go to the, the tournament. And we get the flashback to uh, Lee with the sister. This is where you get the, the, the flashback to the, the father talking about his sister and basically giving the explanation of I was in town and O'Hara was there, the Hans thugs were there, and you get the whole scene with uh, Angela Mao Yin yeah. as Bruce Lee's sister. And she's fantastic. Like, she's a tremendous actress and a hell of a martial she artist. She is so good in this. Like, she is so good. And again, like when I was talking earlier about facial expressions and stuff like that, like, yes. she sells it so well here that, you know, you you believe it. Like, even though she doesn't have dialogue, yeah. I think she's the best actor in the scene. Oh, like, yeah. She just yeah, yeah. looks good. Her face is like... Her face is stone cold serious, but you can just see layered that she's a little bit nervous. She's like, oh, she's she knows she's in danger, I should say. She doesn't necessarily look like she's yes. afraid. She just, you know, knows she knows what's what. She knows what the stakes are. She's like, oh, there's like eight guys that are assholes. Yeah. That are and they're coming, they're coming after, after me, me with bad intentions. Yeah, with really bad right? intentions. And you know, I, I And they just fucked up my dad. Yeah. And I love everything about this. Like there's a couple of there's a couple of spots where I thought it was kind of like some odd choices where she's running and she like just like does a little circle and doubles back and just gives them time to catch up to her. And I'm like, hey, why, why, why yeah. are you doing that? But maybe they get that high angle shot where she's going along the waterfront yeah. and she takes like this weird route yeah, like, where she could have just yeah. ran straight. I'm like, what are you doing? Just run, run straight. straight. Like, <laughs> but why are you going she's there? She's probably in better shape than everybody. And like they were <laughs> they're like, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm, yeah. just make them I'm gaining ground. I better, you know, let them catch up. There's a there's a cool little thing here where do you remember in that scene where she's running along the waterfront and they get this kind of high angle shot and she kind of runs out towards the water's edge like the river's edge where the pig pen is? Yes. And a couple of the guys are there and she kicks one of the guys and he flips into the river? Yes. So apparently the director Robert Klaus took a couple of those stuntmen up to where that shot was going to be from. It's like a four-story building, right? Mhm. And he's trying to explain to them I'm going to shoot the scene from here. Here's what I want. One of you is going to go into the water, right? And the stuntmen apparently didn't understand that and thought they wanted him 
the stuntman to jump into the harbor or get kicked into the harbor from that fucking four-story building. (laughs) (laughs) And eventually they were like, ah, that's really high. Uh, I don't know. Uh, You know what? Well, for more money, I guess. If you pay me a bit more, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And then eventually the director was like, you think you're going from here? Like, no, 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 dude. From down there. Oh, my God. You do that? Like, (laughs) you you were going to do that shit? (laughs) So they were like, oh, my God, these stunt dudes are all in. Like, These guys are all in. (laughs) These guys are balls out. A little bit more So, yeah, that guy that flipped into the harbor thought he had to do that from four (laughs) stories up. Oh, no. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, so she uh, she gets chased around and she finally ends up in the little warehouse thing and again like you said man she does facial expression is great before she they does, break the windows she thinks she's kind of sort of safe oh yeah yeah the window they, breaks they, and she's like fuck they start breaking the windows like the thriller video yeah right she does before that when they're chasing her she does like a complete 360 spin kick dude like it that was, was so good it was so good i put it back a couple of times i was just like hold on i gotta watch that again like you know zip zip yeah. zip Put it back a couple of times just to uh, just to watch it, and uh, yeah, I watched that scene twice because I was like, "Did she spin all the way around before she kicked that dude?" Yeah, like and it, she did. It was good. Just and to then, get momentum, like Jesus. Yeah, it. Uh, she's fast. She's fluid. She does a great job. And then, of course, yeah, like you said, she's in the she's in the the room, and then they start smashing in through the windows. And I got to tell you, like they did such a good job at holding on her face and there's like, you know, beads of sweat and, you know, she's got the bruise, she's got the makeup on, you know, she's, she's looking battered, but her facial expressions, like she just knows that she's outnumbered and and just comes to accept that she's not going to be able to overpower these guys. And her face is just so stoic. Like it's, it's it's so good. It's it's so good when she locks eyes with O'Hara yes. and picks up the glass and you realize, oh, oh fuck. shit. Like she's, she's going out on her terms. Yeah. And that, that when she looks at O'Hara, you can see in her eyes that, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. You're not getting me. You're not getting me. Like I'm going out before you get me. And the, the, cause the, the point of view shot where she's holding the glass with her hands and it's shaking. That is so And then it cuts good. back to her face. You're like, oh, yeah. Jesus. That, that when they, and then she does it. They do the focus pull at first where Bob Wall's in focus, and then they they shift the focus down to the piece of glass from her point of yes. view. Like, it was really good. And then, you know, she does it, and there's a great little musical cue at the end of that too, right? Like, dong, yeah. and then, wah, wah, wah. Like, the sound editing on that scene was great it like man we're just we're we're just like at the beginning of this movie and there's so much gold that's setting this up and now we know that bruce is like you know we've seen the movie we know that bruce doesn't face ohara for like an hour yeah but when he does now that now there's a payoff you know we talk about good facial expressions yeah when Bruce sees O'Hara, like, but we'll get to that later. Yes. That was, this, this was actually an important scene because initially when Braithwaite wanted Lee to go to the tournament, they, Bruce really wanted a secondary reason for him to be there because with, with Braithwaite being British, Chinese nationalism was kind of fairly high at this point uh, because of a decision by the United States. And, you know, there was a set of islands that were given to Japan in 71, whatever it's, it's, you know, not really important to the movie per se, but it's important to the storyline because Bruce didn't want to be told by a British guy to go to the tournament. Right. 
what he wanted was a secondary reason. And that's why they put this story arc of his sister in here being murdered by O'Hara, you know, in an indirect way. Because now when he goes to the tournament, he is avenging his sister. Yeah. And therefore it keeps it within that Chinese nationalism pride kind of area and makes it be okay again with the Chinese audience. Well, you know, it's, you know, we're human beings. We're, you know, far more passionate about getting revenge and, you know, restoring honor as opposed to, you know, political boundaries and and such. So, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it... uh, Bruce was always a master of, you know, telling stories. And, you know, it just, it just, it's just, you know, one more, one more notch on the belt of this film. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, you know... What was that Star Wars movie where they were talking about, you know, <laughs> the, the, in, in the new ones, the prequels, where it was like, with well, the trade disputes, you're like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my like, Lord. Please shoot somebody or kill somebody with a lightsaber. Yeah, for it's just like, like, it's <laughs> like, is this C-SPAN in space? Because I'm going to fucking shoot myself. You know what nobody ever said? Can we get another scene with the Senate? Like, yeah. Can we get a few? Jesus Christ. And now everybody, like... let us talk about the fiduciary responsibility of the Trade Federation. <laughs> as we, Oh, wait, I thought I came to a Star Wars movie. Jesus. And seven-year-olds around the world rejoice. Yay! Yeah. Yay. Fiduciary! Fiduciary responsibility Jesus of the Christ. Trade Federation. Like... Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, they need to have that personal angle, like you said. And Bruce was great at that. So that's why they put that in there and... His dad tells him, you know, when you go to the city, pay your respects to your sister. And then you get the graveyard and the sweep scene, the aforementioned graveyard and sweep scene. And the the reason why the writer told Bruce that the sweeper was there was because apparently the sweeper was deaf, couldn't hear him. But the sweeper was cleaning up and sweeping up the garbage, which is what Bruce figuratively was going to do on the island. He was going to go sweep the trash. I gotcha. So he kind of liked that, I guess. Or so he told the writer anyway. So then we get Roper uh, in his little uh, dinghy here coming out to the junk and we get the flashback of roper's backstory with the the golf scene where he's betting with his his golf partner and his secretary is there with the old school cell phone on the golf cart <laughs> yeah man like that's it's pretty, pretty dope pretty awesome he's got that cute little secretary with her little with her little hat her little cool hat yeah she she's great too he's like how much do i have in my bank account she's like 60 bucks and he's like it's yours and she's like thanks <laughs> like it's <laughs> ooh, yeah. my thimble runneth over like <laughs> but you know you get and, and again like you know these little tiny pieces are just really good character building moments because you know you see that roper loves to bet you know like he's that yep. kind of like high flashy lifestyle we've already seen that he's got you know like luggage for days and you yep. basically he just lives his life with everything close to the fire it's and also a bit of a poser and a bullshit artist yeah because he's he's putting it out there like he has all this money but he's got shit he's He's got got nothing nothing. he's got less than me he's got less money than me yeah (laughs) he's got his balls in his hand and that's about it yeah and uh yeah and then it just shows off his martial arts a little bit right and he uh, goes down and makes that shitty shot and has to fight off the gangsters by the way the gangster pat johnson yes 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 the karate kid making another showing yeah in what the hell was that boy wearing? Yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> when they showed him and he had that single-breasted fucking coat with the big pirate belt on and the co- I'm like, dude, what are yeah. you wearing? <laughs> yeah, it was a little, it was, it's, yeah. 
It was 70s weird. fashion out for a stroll. Like, yeah. what are you doing? He, it's like a pirate and a James Cagney mobster character had a kid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> his, 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 his tie looks a little bit like that headband that Yasser Arafat used to wear. Like, <laughs> it does, too. It kind of has that dots. print and the little print <laughs> yeah. notches on it. But yeah, it's 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 okay. Like John Saxon does a couple. He does a couple of high kicks that don't work for me. Like they're just like yep. they're like there's no power behind them. But he gets his foot up really yep. high. Yep. Which you know for a lot of audience was probably like, whoa, he got his foot up really high. But you know it doesn't really quite doesn't really quite connect. Yeah. But you know Pat Johnson's there, so you know Pat Johnson's there. That made me happy. Yeah. And like it's it's when I was younger and watched it, I was like, oh, he's awesome. But yeah. again, like you said, the older we get, the more you look at it and like, oh, that wasn't that. Great. He doesn't know that much. No. You know, he's, but you know, it worked for the movie. And then we, he goes back and now we get the Williams character in his boat coming up. We get the flashback with him. The music changes to a little more funky jive. You get a little more stank on the music, which I quite liked for him. And you get uh, the Williams character going to the karate school. Now we're going to talk in a short while about the people practicing martial arts on Hans Island. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Yes, how they're not really into it, per se. Yes. <laughs> a lot of them, if you look at them. But when you watch this karate school doing it, these this is a real karate class. Yeah. Like, you're not going to convince me this isn't Jim Kelly's karate school and all the students there know what they're doing. Because those dudes are focused and they're throwing heaters. Yeah, that's 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 what I really, really liked about this. Because when we, when we did talk about Black Belt Jones... When we did that, yeah. you know, they get into the dojo and and they're and they're doing the drills. And remember, they're going kai, 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 and they're they're just <laughs> yeah. they're just throwing their flailing their arms out. Uh, when these guys are going, like these guys know what they're doing. The guy who's teaching, I I love his fucking hair and his sideburns. Oh, it's so good. And these guys are just you know like they're real. That's it's real karate. Like you know, there's a well kempo and there's a, a there's yeah. a snap when. I know you've been there, but if people listening, if you've been in a karate class and whether it's a kick or a punch, when you do it right, there's a snap that the gi makes. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And you can hear it when these dudes do it. Yeah. Even when they do the, when the, the, the other, the secondary instructor gets called up and he's okay, double punches, go. And they go, and you can hear all the geese just do that little snap. It's, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, and that's how in you, sharp contrast. To yeah, sharp the, contrast to, to, to when they get to Hans Island, <laughs> and like nobody's a martial artist. But yeah, like in that no. in that scene in Williams Karate Dojo, they're all martial artists, and they're just yes. you know they're doing those full full fist punches and just the cracks of the gi. It sounds like nice dry wood. Awesome. One of one of the so teachers good. I used to work with used to say, "Oh, that guy's got a firecrackers in his gi." Right? He, he's from Boston. He'd be like, "That guy's got some firecrackers in his gi." So yeah, it, it made me smile. Made me smile to see yeah, that. Me too. Me too. And then you get Williams walking out behind here with a suitcase, and the shithead racist cops stop him and chuck the racist terms around. And yeah, start actually, um, to yeah, that, light that up. yeah, that was um, uh, as. As shitty as it is, that that could be a real situation, like a very real situation. Yeah, oh, very you real. Know, just pulling. I'm sure up they put that in there to highlight that. Where right? you going? Dropping those racial slurs in there that you know I almost said, <laughs> just as as an yeah. example, I should say. But you well, know, yeah, like, I may I may drop the sound clip in here just because it's, you know, yeah, it's part of the movie. Going on a trip, are you? 
Hey, this jig's got a passport. Where you going, jig? Where's the plane ticket for? Hong Kong. By Hawaii. He's not going to Hawaii. Yes. And the shithead racist cops are actors saying the, saying the line. But I mean, a real a, a, a part of a real part of black people's lives, you know, of, of dealing with shitheads, you know, not just cops, yep. but just general shitheads that basically want to know where he's going, what he's doing. You know, they see he's got a passport. They see he's going to Hong Kong through Hawaii. He's not going to Hawaii. He's not going to Hawaii. So yeah, it's it's cool. I I mean, I remember as a kid loving it because i remember you know yep. looking at these guys you know giving them a hard time dude i love it now and well yeah i remember as a kid like and it's like <laughs> he stole the cop car i was like 10 or 11 and i was like okay you know pumping my fist that made me laugh yeah. today yeah because when i watched that today when the cops like he's not going to hawaii and then he breaks the nightstick and they're like look what we got here and he beats <laughs> the shit out of the two cops and chucks the guy through the fence and then he gets in the cop car <laughs> And he drives away, and but then he, he lights up the fucking lights and sirens. On. I know that was the best. I'm that like, why are best. you lighting the sirens <laughs> up, dude? Like, You're trying to be stealthy. You just stole a goddamn police car. What are you doing? Woo. Try and stay on the down low, yeah. brother. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! What are yeah. you doing? It was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it made me laugh oh. that he lit it up. God damn, that made me laugh today. I was dying on the couch watching that. Why do you turn yeah. the lights on? The sirens. <laughs> So then uh, they flash back to the junk and Roper comes up and, and helps Williams up. And they're like, hey, and they obviously are old buddies from Vietnam. And they're catching up after six years of not seeing each other. And this is where you get the uh, the line where these all your bags. Yeah, no, same old Roper. <clears throat> and then Williams looks over and sees all the, the sort of shanty town in the Hong Kong Harbor. And you get that classic line of. Uh, they don't live so big over there. Ghettos are the same all over the world. They stink. Same old Williams. That's a great line because that line really ties into the whole black exploitation thing and the the link between the black population who gets shit on, like we just saw in the flashback, and the Asian population who, when they came to America, got shit on. You know, and and abused for you know all the way back from for building labor, railways yeah. all the way up to fucking present day, and that link of knowing the abuse that they have to take because of you know shitheads in society, and then finding martial arts to help defeat that, and tying that into black exploitation. Like I just thought that was a really cool tie-in to the entire genre that that leads Jim Kelly off into, and, and a whole bunch of other movies, right? Yeah, and, you know, for me, this movie led me to watching Black Belt Jones, which, mm-hmm. you know, opened me up to watching all the black exploitation films because it was black. I watched Black Belt Jones, and then I started watching Shaft, Shaft Big Score, Shaft Goes to Africa, Shaft. Yep. And then, you know, I was watching uh, Cleopatra Jones. Cleopatra Jones. Uh, we should totally Pam do that Greer. One at some point. All yep. those Rudy Ray Moores. Like, I started renting all Dolomite, of those. Baby. And yeah. uh, I just really, really, I really enjoyed uh, those films. And, you know, the mar- martial arts was kind of like my pathway to kind of go down that road. But it is very cool that despite the fact, like, you know, you have three very different people. You have three very different races. You know, you've got the, you know, Roper, the rich white man. And then you realize very, very quickly that it's just a facade. Yeah. It's just a role he's playing. You know, you've got yeah. Bruce who, 
you know, in this particular film, like they really tried to make him, you know, you, you talk about the film and they make him very asexual when it comes to yep. the, the, the women because he was Asian, because people are fucking racist pricks, even the guys that were making this movie exactly. with him and paying him as the lead <laughs> were still kind of like, yep. hey, let's not make this guy too Asian. Like, you know, it's just yeah. it's very frustrating. And then you've got, you know, like Jim Kelly. So you've got, you know, like black, white and Asian as our, you know, heroes of the film, you know, all with that congruent uh, thread of, you know, being martial artists. And, you know, it's it's a cool it's it's just it's just a fucking great movie, man. It is. It, it uses the martial arts to tie everybody worth liking together. Mm. You know what I mean? Which I really dig that theme as a movie. Um, so then we get the little bully scene here with uh, Parsons. What's your style? My style? You can call it the art of fighting without fighting. The art of fighting without fighting? Show me some of it. Later. With the what's your style? Yeah. After, he, yeah. after he kicks the kicks the guy with the oranges and beats <laughs> kicks him over. And then he tries to fuck with Bruce. Yeah. And uh, that's Peter Archer, who was an Australian uh, karate fighter. And uh, his, this is hysterical to me. His, obviously, his voice was dubbed. But his voice wasn't dubbed by Peter Archer, who's Australian. The fighter Parsons is supposed to be from New Zealand. And they said his voice wasn't, quote unquote, New Zealand enough. <laughs> so, they, so they got this guy, whoever it was, to go, wash your style. And like, make this stupid ass thing that sounds nothing like a New Zealand that's, accent. <laughs> that's the thing, man, when they do stuff like that. Like, oh, you welcome don't sound, to 1973, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, you don't sound enough like a New Zealander. What? What are you uh, talking? What, what do you mean? About? You got to work in your Brooklyn oh, accent. Yeah, like you, gotta, <laughs> you foresight. <laughs> you got to do it a little Christ. bit more like this over here. <laughs> hey, you yeah, got to so do like, your accent <laughs> like this, mate. Hell, you got to sound, sound a little bit more New Zealand like Jesus. it, oh, mate. <laughs> What are you like, doing? You have a mouthful of fucking orange peels? What are you doing, you asshole? <laughs> you fucking, <laughs> fucking clown shoe dipshit. What are you but doing? He, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good scene to kind of like, you know, like Bruce Lee could have easily wiped the fucking walls with him. But, you know, like oh, he yeah. does the whole thing, you know, the art of fighting without fighting. You know, like, show me. And he's like, <laughs> he gets him in the boat and fucks him off. and Which was taken right from a, a 16th century samurai story. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, right. there's a guy named Sukuhara Bokudin, and that story is basically one of the stories of his life, where he tricked a guy into getting off a boat, and the way that it works in the in the samurai story is he gets on the smaller boat with the guy who wants to challenge him, takes him to the island, and then when the guy steps off the boat, <laughs> Bokudin just pushes the boat off and rows back to the main boat and leaves the guy on the island. <laughs> oh, nice. He's <laughs> like, see you, bitch, bye. Yeah. And uh, but this way worked out cool because Bruce just let him on the boat and just drifted him by, yeah. <laughs> drifted him behind the junk. Yeah, <laughs> and then gives the gives, gives the, the rope, rope to, to the kids. The, to the kids, Bruce's just got such a warm smile when he's when he's yeah. so proud of him, and he just hands the rope to the guys that he was bullying, and he's like, "Here, now you're, you know, you're you're in charge, you're in control here, you're in control of his fate." Yeah, you're in control of his fate, and he's like, "Don't try to pull yourself in or I'll let go of the rope." So you know, as the, as the boat sinks, as the boat's sinking, <laughs> and he's there in his little fucking you know denim tuxedo there, and he's just like, uh, anyway. Just a great, just a great little scene that just again shows more of 
Bruce Lee's character, and that's the one thing, well, that's, that is one thing that this film does well is, you know, there's nothing wasted every time someone is kind of in the center of the frame. There is a reason and it advances yep. the story. And, you know, you usually don't get that in, you know, martial arts films as much as I like them. A lot of times they just drop in action for the sake of action. Yeah. And this, well, not all of them, but you know what I mean? This one, this yep. one's just exceptional at, you know, kind of telling the story. Yeah, exactly. And they they didn't even know that boat was going to sink, by the way. They didn't know that boat had holes in it. I'm not surprised. <laughs> they just drifted him off and apparently they were like, "Are you okay?" And and Peter Archer was yelling back to them saying, "I can swim. Just get the shot." Yeah. <laughs> and told them to get the shot. He just, you know, waved his fist like the Shelby Villians like, "Wave and shake harder, boy." Like <laughs> <laughs> and they let it sink and then he said it's just the harbor just was brutal it was really bad so he gets back and they end up taking the junket and they arrive at hans island which leads us into section two here so section two we get the training we get the banquet uh the three guys that are three main characters relax and they get some women to chill out with we get the start of the tournament roper and williams fight their respective opponents and bruce sneaks out Bolo ends up killing the guards, and Lee ends up fighting his nemesis, O'Hara. Mm, yeah. So we get the introduction of Anna Capri here as Tanya, the hostess of the island. And we get this cool big pan shot up where we get all the millions of extras there. I think they said they had about 300 extras or maybe more doing their punches in the, the different. This whole, the, the, all the different sections of the, I guess, castle or whatever it is. That's actually an old tennis court, an old tennis club. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I just learned that recently. But all those little sections where the guys are practicing are tennis courts, or used to be tennis courts anyway, which is kind of cool. They just have them all working out. And this is, of course, where you see the difference from the Kenpo school of Williams, <laughs> and you see yes. the punches from the, I'm going to assume that half of them were like carpenters and production assistants, you know, that were just Drunk. like, you know, just like, hey, just throw these guys in there because, you know, it's just, it's... I know their background, but you know you can clearly see that they all suck. <laughs> like, oh, if you're if you're looking at them in any kind of close way, you're like, oh my god, oh my like, god, they can't punch at all. <laughs> and I I have heard that they were extras from Hong Kong karate schools. I've also heard that they were extras that were just basically picked up from bars, thugs, and gangs, <laughs> yeah, bars and, and street gangs in Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, I think they 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 were picked up from the bar after happy hour ended because you know they're yeah they're just it's just really sloppy. It's just really sloppy. It is sloppy. Yeah, but you know, and then we get the cool banquet, the the very colorful banquet to welcome all the fighters here which apparently took about three days to film, and they said the food they were carrying around by the last day was getting a little funky oh, in that room. <laughs> All the boys are sitting around chit-chatting up, and Lee is sitting there eating his grapes very menacingly, trying to be cool. The, the thing, when, when he's sitting there later and uh, Mei Ling brings him the bowl of grapes, and he's just kind of looking off into the middle distance mean, and he just kind of looks over <laughs> and she's got grapes, and he puts this big smile on his face, he's like, oh, grapes. Like, <laughs> I laugh every time I see it. I don't know why, but it's just like Han is just sitting there in his chair, just staring off, looking tough, and then she's got oh, a bowl that's of 
tournament coming up. When he starts the tournament. Yeah. Yes, yeah. when she brings yeah, the grapes up. when he starts up. the tournament, she brings the grapes out, and he just has this big smile on his face <laughs> like, oh, grapes. Oh, look at that. Wow. And you peeled <laughs> yeah. them. Oh. Just, anyway, I just loved it. Just how I like it. <laughs> I, I know it jumps ahead, but I laugh every time yeah. I see it. Oh, that's too funny. We get the the, the the two old guys. I, I, I refer to them as the Statler and Waldorf of the party. Yes. Because the two old guys and the one of them just shoveling rice into his face with the chopsticks. Yeah. <laughs> and Roper here is talking to, uh, he goes over to talk to Williams and he gives the... Uh, I have a funny feeling we're being fattened up with the kill. Which is kind of good. A little foreshadowing for Williams later. Yeah. and uh, Well, and it shows that these guys are these guys are not, you know, completely you know, enamored by everything that's going on. Both of them are walking around with, and, you know, they came from, you know, they're Vietnam. Yeah. They're Vietnam soldiers. Well, Roper and Williams are Vietnam soldiers, you know, so they're kind of, they're kind of, you know, on guard and ready. And, you know, you can see Bruce is, everybody else seems to be having fun, but these guys seem to be, you know, in the ready. Yeah. Like even, even Roper, who's like, oh, here, this is one of his B parties, but he's still like, when he says, I think we're being fattened up for the kill, like, he, he's got that edge to him of, like, this might go squirrely. Like, keep your head on a swivel here. And yeah. Williams is right there with him. Like, Williams wants, he he wants the women. <laughs> but he yeah. wants none of the food. He wants none of that shit. He was, he's on point. And so is Bruce. Obviously, Bruce is there for a, for a mission. And then Han enters and everybody freezes, which is hysterical. <laughs> yeah, even the even the small sumo. Which were guys. who were flown in from Japan. They were real sumo wrestlers, and those were the biggest guys they could get. <laughs> they flew those dudes in from Japan, and they just freeze up <laughs> when Han enters. And then he talks to them for a minute, and he chucks the darts, and the chicks hit the darts with the hit the apples with the darts. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Statler and Waldorf here when they catch it, and they just stare at the apple. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> and then that one guy catches the other one, and Bruce catches the one from Mei Ling and pulls the dart out and looks all evil and mad and angry. And Yeah, but that, that other guy that caught one, I thought, for, like, I had to look it up. I thought that was Hussein from uh, Bloodsport, the guy that um, oh, uh, was it? Van no. Damme pulls the coin. It wasn't. Okay. I, it, I just like, oh, he kind of looks like him. And I looked it up, and it wasn't, because I was like, oh, there'd be enough time passing, you know, from, you know, 72 to 88 or whatever. Right. Anyway, so I looked it up, and it wasn't him. You know, when he's like, uh, what is bet? You know, that guy with the badly dubbed voice. I thought it was the guy that Roper fought later in the tournament when he's betting with Williams, but mm. I don't think it's that guy either. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, anyways, uh, they throw the darts, and then Han turns around, and once the doors close, everything magically unfreezes, and the sumo wrestlers keep going. <laughs> the party continues. And then we get the girls being delivered to the boys' apartments, rooms, whatever it is, condos, and Williams does his, I'm going to pick you, and you, and you, mm-hmm. and you, and picks the four girls and gives the, and this is actually kind of cool because he gives the, I'm sorry, it's been a long day, I'm a little tired speech. And Tanya's like, oh, yeah, you have to conserve your energy. Like, she's super sarcastic and bitchy to him yeah. about it. <laughs> like, yeah, Which whatever. I, I, I find even funnier now because Williams was probably having sex with all of them now that, well, that's you the know, you've got to give me the... T- 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 oh, yeah, you got to conserve your strength, you like those, those girls, like, playing a prostitute, they couldn't get actresses to play prostitutes. Same as later when Williams goes to see Han and he, and he kills him in the room with all the the drugged up hippie girls. Yes. Like those girls were all those girls and the girls that played the prostitutes were in some cases, real prostitutes and club girls that they just hired at an hourly rate. Oh really? And had to pay them a lot of money because 
none of the actresses wanted to play a prostitute on film because it was, I guess, you know, uh, not an honorable thing to do. Oh, wow. So they had to hire, like, club girls and prostitutes to come in and do it. And when the stunt guys found out how much those girls were getting paid, they lost their shit. (laughs) Because they were like, what the hell? I'm jumping off buildings getting kicked in the face. (laughs) I was going to fall off a four-story building into the harbor. (laughs) This shit gets to paint a heart on her face. I was going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Laugh and get high? What are you talking about? (laughs) So, yeah, they were pissed about that. Yeah, rightfully so. So then, uh, oh, rightfully so. Jesus, I guess, right? So, yeah, Williams picks four girls. And then, like you said, Bruce, when she goes in, Bruce only wants Mei Ling, the girl who threw the arrow or the dart, I should say. But do you know what's funny? Like when, when, when they come in, like into Lee's room, the second girl that they cut to has got that Butch Patrick Widow's Peak, like a really sharp, like a really sharp one. Yeah, that I that I didn't notice when I was a kid, and I was just on the rewatch. Like, I was like, look at look at the Butch Patrick Widow's Peak she's got. Like it's very pronounced. Pronounced. It is uh, very pronounced. So anyway, I just I just noticed that on the rewatch. So I was like, I never I never noticed she has that that 80 monster haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the, this scene where the girls come in and Bruce is sitting at the desk. That's the first scene they shot for the whole movie with Bruce in it. Oh, really? That was Bruce's first scene, yeah. And when he talks to Mei Ling when she shows up, when they have that dialogue. And apparently he was super stressed and, you know, it's a giant movie. It's his first kind of American film movie. And he had a huge fight with the people about the name of the movie and with the writers and the whole that all that bullshit happened so when he showed up i think they said they had to do that dialogue scene with mei ling like it was either 20 or 40 times they had to do that because he had a nervous tick in his face because he was so freaked out really about the movie and the stress and everything he had this nervous tick in his face that he couldn't get rid of so they had to do a million like i think i think they said it was either 20 or 40 i can't remember takes of that scene before he finally relaxed enough to get into it and be okay wow yeah crazy right did not know that crazy so he picks Mei Ling and she comes up in a little bit but before they bring the girls to Roper and Roper obviously picks Tanya uh, who is Anna Capri who's been in a couple other things too she's mostly known for this though she has some cool uh, home movie footage of the of this movie which like little behind the scenes stuff Kind of oh really? If you ever watch the DVD Blu-ray extras? There's some cool little extra stuff on there that she shot because her mom apparently had just passed away, and uh, she had told her agent like, "I want to do any acting that's on location somewhere to kind of get me away from here to to get away from the stress and everything of her mom passing away." And then at one point, her agent called her and said, "Hey, I got a thing for you. It's this martial arts movie. Stars Bruce Lee. It's called Enter the Dragon. Have you ever heard of that?" And she was like, "Never heard of Bruce Lee. Don't know martial arts. Don't know anything about it." <laughs> And the agent said, you want to go to Hong Kong? She was like, yep, I'm in. When do I have to get leave? <laughs> and the guy goes, you got to leave tomorrow. <laughs> she was like, holy shit balls. Wow. Okay. So she was on a plane and off she went to Hong Kong the next day. <laughs> so not a lot of prep time for Anna Capri. Ooh. But she did a great job. She's a good actress, man. She played it well. Yeah, she did. Uh, you know, she kind of played that very confidently. And then when, you know, she says to Roper choose. And, and John Saxon's great, too, because he just he looks at her and he goes, I already have. And I'm like, geez. And he's looking right at the camera, and it's it's he's, it's kind of like he's talking to it's you. Unsettling, he's like, oh, yeah. Well, well, John Saxton. Hello. He's, 
leave my pants me. on with your eyes, uh, sir. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so and then she's just like, wise decision. <laughs> like it's it's kind of a cool little moment between the two. Like again, the acting is just really on point here. It is good. And then we get Lee talking to Mai Ling. And yeah, this is actually the one criticism I'll have in this film. It's a small one. Yeah. When he first starts speaking to her. Yes. There's a weird cut where yes, I noticed that. they cross the axis, like it's uh, the the lighting changes, and I think they're in a different spot in the in the room. Right, it's a really like, harsh cut. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just uh, it, it's jarring, right? Because she's like, "Oh no, we can't talk here," and then like they're on the other side of the room. Yeah, they switch the axis, so they've switched places, and then you know it's just, it's a little it's a little thing, but it's it's a it's a rather jarring moment. It jars me every time I watch the film because she yeah. she comes in and he's on the left and she's on the right. Yeah, and then he calls her by her name by my Ling. Yes, and she's like, oh, and then she realizes like, okay, what do you want? And he says Braithwaite, and then as soon as he says Braithwaite, she's like, okay, yeah. wait, and then there's that weird smash cut. <laughs> And they're yeah. swapped places, and she's like, okay, what's going on? And they keep me inside. And blah, blah, blah. And like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> yeah. they're all of a sudden in this little hushed, little weird conversation. You're like, I'm coming in in the middle of a thing. Yeah. But, you know, it, like you said, it's a very small criticism. It's a small cut. Well, I mean, you know, like, it's it's a movie, if, if that's your criticism. Hey, there's one moment where I yeah. got a little confused because it was a bad cut. And <laughs> it's just like, okay. But yeah. this is where it really starts amping up, because now we go right to Bruce Lee. Yeah practicing yeah bruce lee's exercising now that he knows what's up and he's doing his punches and kicks and goddamn o'hara sticks his stupid fat head in the room yes and says you got to come down and be in uniform and lee does that sidekick and then he swings his sidekick around and points at o'hara yeah and he just goes outside so good <laughs> i remember watching that as a kid and watching him kick and then seeing him swing that pivot that kick around and not le- like just keeping it level the whole way Oh yeah, points at Rated O'Hara and like, oh, that's so badass. Yeah, just points at him like a like he points his leg like a barrel of a gun. So good, right? And then, and <laughs> then uh, he leaves and he does that that punch, and then it cuts to outside to the very famous line. Go ahead and say it. Oh my God, <laughs> where he's standing there and everybody's in their yellow geese, and he's in his Chinese little normal formal getup, and <laughs> the guy walks over, and you just see him look <laughs> mad. This dirty? Why you no wear uniform? And Lee doesn't say a word. He just gives him yeah. this death stare. <laughs> like, oh, and the guy, the guy's reaction is so fantastic. So good. The guy's reaction, he's just like, uh, <laughs> and he walks away. I have to be That's over funny. there now. Because like, <laughs> the look Bruce Lee gives that guy is the exact same look that every woman gave me in a bar when I asked her to dance, <laughs> you know, from, from 1991 through 98. Until, you until know. present day. <laughs> Yeah, you just walk over. Hey, do you want to dance? And they just threw me that. Hey, why is, why is that look, look, why does that look so familiar? That look, oh, yeah, that's the fuck off. I knew I recognized that look. look. <laughs> yeah. get, hey, you look really get, pretty. Would you get, like to, to, to uh, wow, your eyes oh. are piercing. You're, I have to, you're not saying anything. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to. All right. Okay, good talk. I'm going to keep gonna, talking <laughs> while I moonwalk out of here so I don't lose face. Well, I moonwalk slowly back away. Back, back to the bar. Yow. Yikes, that one Yow, hurt. did not go well. That did not go well. I was wearing my brand new Randy River. <laughs> That's right. 
I had just gotten my paycheck from Subway. <laughs> yeah. You go out and get all... That was the thing, man. You could take 60 bucks and go to Randy River back then and get dicked out. You'd be wearing your you know dress pants and a silk jacket. Get yourself and a, a silk, silk shirt and a pair of Bugle Boys. <laughs> yeah. Just roll, roll into the bar. And you could just you could look good while you were getting rejected. I'm walk in here and get turned down by everybody. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Lou, Lee uh, had the incredible fuck off look. It's it, still it's one of my favorite. That's one of the best looks of all time. I don't know how that's not a meme. Yeah. That has to be a meme somewhere. I'm gonna make it a meme. You should make. That I'm, a gonna, meme. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make it the number one meme in the world. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna cup. I'm gonna put it on all the gift channels. Just just just, just that look. It's amazing. <laughs> And then we get all the guys practicing and slamming their fists into the hot rocks to toughen them up. And this is where Han arrives at the tournament and starts that shit off, son, where Williams fights Parsons right out the gate and beats the shit out of him. It's not even close. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good fight. I think Jim Kelly looked great in in this fight. He did. And Parsons sells it well. Yeah, he's he sells it well. There's um you know, he looks it's you know, Jim Kelly does kind of like a couple of slow kicks but overall he looks he looks pretty he looks pretty good there's you know a takedown here and there it's good you can tell when guys like that are on the thing that i don't like is when guys are off balance like notably off balance yeah and they're throwing kicks and they're falling over and shit jim kelly never falls over he kicks he lands right even if the kick is off and it looks a little weird he's still on balance yeah and he looks like he knows what he's doing yeah like the um at the the end of the fight, he looks a little bit better. Yeah, you know, he comes in and and gives him like a back fist, which looks good. Mm-hmm. He gives him a side kick, which looks good. A couple of punches. It's not the best fight in the film by any stretch, but it just shows Williams is competent. And and again, it's another payoff from a setup earlier with him being a douchebag, yeah. bully, and getting his ass kicked by Williams. So again, it's just setups, payoffs, and while they're doing it. John Saxon is over there betting with that World War II racist Japanese stereotype. <laughs> yep. Right? That was... Jesus. Yeah, that was not necessary, man. Yeah. The way he looked was not necessary because there's nobody in that film that looks any... Like, that was purposeful. Like that it was, seemed to be purposeful. Like, can we make him look <laughs> like Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's? Is that possible? Yeah. Like, like yeah, it's, I, it's, I, it's bad. Apologies to that guy if that's how he looked, for real, but... Damn, he looked like they meant to make him look that way. Uh, he looks like World War II propaganda stereotype. Like he has his, a Hitler his... mustache for fuck's sake. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? It's... I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, apologies again, I could be wrong, to that but... dude Yeah, if I'm wrong. But like it, it just seems a little too obvious that you know they're going for it. But, yeah. you know, whatevs. They're setting up the, the bet thing. Yeah, setting up the bet thing is hilarious because, you know, when Roper goes out to to fight, you know, he's waiting for the odds to get to a spot where he can actually make some real money. And they have the worst signaling of all time. Like, the most obvious fucking signaling. (laughs) Jim Kelly's on point, but Roper's not. Roper's not. Jim Kelly's got the stoic little face, real small little nods. Roper's looking at him with big wide eyes like, huh, now? Can I hit him now? Uh Huh? No. Jesus, dude! Can we fleece this pigeon yet? Like, <laughs> like, do I have to get kicked just, in the dick again? <laughs> yeah. And he's fighting Tony from Way of the Dragon. Yeah, he is. I was just like, "Hey, it's Tony!" Tony. Oh, I'm sorry, Uncle stabbed you in the back. I oh, oh. love you, Tony. Yeah, that was down. That was downtown. 
yeah, good good for Tony for coming back on this. And then, yeah, Williams comes back and punches him straight in the dick hole and then uh, <laughs> beats him up, and that's a wrap for, for Tony, and he gets his, uh, gets his payday from Stereotype Man. And now we get the cut to Roper and Tanya with the little back rub foot scene and a little bit of gratuitous nudite here in yeah. a couple of scenes. Uh, so we get Tanya saying, yeah, man, like you belongs here. Man, you're awesome. Stay here. Trying to lure him in and sort of leading to the later conversation with Han. Yeah. And then the cut to Williams with all his naked ladies kicking around. <laughs> William, He's got the William's harem of chicks. <laughs> harem of side boob and under boob everywhere. Side boob. That's and- my side boob. <laughs> I love, like, he's just so cool because, you know, just the woman's like, where are you going? He's like, out in the moonlight, baby. And she's <laughs> like, like, she's it's like, it's not allowed. It is not permitted. It's not allowed. And he just goes, oh, <laughs> and just slips out. Yeah. I, just yeah. love I thought he was going to give her the finger. Oh, yeah. flip. Like, oh, <laughs> enjoy this. <laughs> How about that? You like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> zoom. And he just does his little exit. And he's just, you know, just going out, getting a rest after... You know, hooking up with all those chicks. Hooking up with all them ladies. Simultaneous. Simultaneous. Waves going left and right. So now we get the Bruce Lee sneaking out. Or Lee, I should say. Lee sneaks out here. Puts his little bag of rope on his back. And uh, sneaks out and creeps around the the hall here. With the... (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, he sneaks into the room and the guard walks out with the nunchucks and swings them. Yeah. And accidentally bangs them off that statue yeah so apparently that was done on purpose so that the audience would know that the nunchucks were hard and were dangerous because nobody had used nunchucks in films before so western audiences wouldn't know what the fuck nunchucks were really so they had that guard swing them and quote unquote accidentally bang it off the statue to make it go bong so they'd know oh those are hard like that's a weapon oh okay so that later when Bruce uses them and cracks dudes, they're like, oh, shit, those are hard. That's That was done on purpose. That's actually really smart. Yeah, it's cool, eh? I mean, at this at this point, we were like 10 or 11, and we were making nunchucks to bring to school. But, you know, like... I still make I can, nunchucks. I, I think it's great how they I think it's great how they did that, you know, like for, for those people that didn't know, like what's he got there? A pair of socks? Oh no, those, <laughs> oh, so good. A pair of socks. <laughs> you know those guards who guard the castle with a pair of socks? <laughs> <laughs> socks. And these guards do die later for their complete ineptitude. Oh, and they're inept. Yeah, because he's just walking around, just doing his thing. Bruce Lee is clearly, like, moving behind him every step of the way. He's right behind him! Like, literally behind him. He literally puts his hand up in case the guy turns around to punch him and doesn't have to because the guy doesn't turn around. (laughs) And I will admit that, like, two seconds later, there was a bit of poop in my pants when that fucking German Shepherd jumped out. Oh, my God. That shit caught me off guard, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I had forgotten about that very loud dog. (laughs) I forgot about the dog. You know, because you're just kind (laughs) of lulled into a little bit of a sense of security because of the guards are so goddamn stupid. You're just like, stupid guards don't even see what's right. (laughs) (laughs) Goddamn, like... Wow, that dog's on point. Nobody's killing that dog. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that dog scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That dog was not acting. That dog was angry. No, like, yeah, <laughs> that dog was really mad. Really, I remember really when they talked about dog. filming uh, filming Gladiator with the tigers. Remember when the tigers came out in Gladiator? 
Yes. And one of the in, the in the commentary track, one of the producers was like, "Yeah, tigers don't act. If the tiger looks angry, it's angry. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what a dog is. Like, dogs don't act. If that shit's angry, it's fucking mad. <laughs> like, yeah, somebody well, snapped least... that dog in the ass with a towel inside that fucking. Yeah, like you can see like in some like the police academy movies where the like the dogs are attacking somebody. You can see that <laughs> yeah. their tails are wagging, and they you know they dub in the you know like you know you know they're having fun, but they dub it in here. This fuck dog was like ready to murder like this dog hated hated bruce lee, bruce lee. <laughs> or, oh, yeah. know, like specifically like they had bruce lee's poster up in this dog's kennel or somebody put a bruce lee mask on and was trained to beat the shit out of the dog you know it's the trainer every beside the day. dog you see that guy over there see that guy yeah he takes your food every day yeah. fuck that guy see that guy yeah. kill that guy you hate that guy <laughs> wearing bruce lee's clothes getting that fucking cat suit getting the scent on you should go over and steal his food and fucking uppercut the dog poke him in the eye fuck you dog (laughs) fuck you dog the dog just sees him in a black suit he's like oh I got you now bitch (laughs) angry east german shepherd like ready to fucking attack so then we get the uh, Bruce finding the hidden access panel here to, to lower down into Han's little underground lair and I don't man when he is, there's knots in the rope so he can lower himself down, but he's like in a perfect pike position. Yeah. Lowering himself down like it ain't no thing. Like, try that shit sometime. If you're at home, tie some knots in a rope. Just try and hang in that position, static, for like, I yeah, don't know, just 10 for seconds. A second. Just for 10 seconds. Or if you're old, sit in a chair and just try to put your legs straight out. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right? Don't even hold, lift yourself. Hold that. Yeah, and then just imagine the core strength. Like, anyway, Bruce Lee was goddamn superhuman. Oh. I don't, I don't care. Like, the dude was, you know, as as martial artists, you're like, wow, that's just like amazing, right? Yep. And then you hear other people talking, and they're like, oh yeah, Bruce Lee. Like, there's so much around. Like, oh yeah, he was he was bench pressing three thousand pounds, and his heart exploded and came out of his ears. And you're like, <laughs> okay, okay, listen, okay, that down. that's that's not what happened. <laughs> That is not what happened. And they're like, oh, you know, Lee could reach in and pull your heart out. Like people used like like there was so much bullshit around the, the, the mythos and bullshit about him. But then you see him doing that type of stuff and you see him doing his two finger push ups and you see him yes. doing his one inch punch, you know, at Ed Parker's tournament. Yeah. And you can understand why those stories exist, because he did do things that were superhuman. That were crazy. Yeah, that Long Beach Invitational footage is crazy. With the one-inch punch yeah. where he, he literally chucks that dude backwards with that one-inch punch. Like, Jesus, six, seven feet? Like, it's nuts. Yeah. Hits him into the chair. Yeah. And the guy slides backwards in the chair. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> and yeah. the, the push-ups on the two fingers. And then, j- like we were saying, holding that pike position and just lowering yourself down on the rope under super control. And that's not the main thing you're doing. The main thing you're doing is looking around for guards and shit. Like, yeah. It's crazy the the control that that dude had. Speaking of that though, if you open up the top on that cement cover thing, why would you just drop the rope down? Like people would see that down there. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like this rope just dropped from the ceiling like what the fuck is that? Like it just <laughs> guys down there would hey. see that shit like <laughs> Or apparently is that a not. knotted? Is that a knotted rope? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody coming down from the top? What's going on? Get the German Shepherd in the middle of this fucking warehouse. And actually, a, a dude does see the rope and just cuts it. Yeah, the guy like, from the top sees the rope tied around. 
and thankfully Bruce had climbed back up at that point and uppercuts that dude from the bottom. <laughs> yeah, Knocks that dude clean. <laughs> and then jumps up and beats up three different dudes. Yeah. And, like, beats the shit out of three dudes, runs them into the wall and clacks their head together and then fucks that one yeah. dude up. And uh, this is where you get the cut back to Williams here who's outside doing his little, wow, so ah, it's little forms and sparring stuff and stuff and the guard sees williams outside and he waves to him and then williams sits down and sees a human fly and yeah that was that yeah kind of cool it's great and then we get the cut back to the tournament the second day where han sort of calls out the people with his um his quote of uh one of you was not content with my hospitality blah 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 blah. you know that, that whole quote and uh you know that's not important and where you get the, you know, what is important is my guards did their jobs inefficiently or whatever the hell he said. Yeah. And uh, the pull those four just reject guards they, out <laughs> into the middle. <laughs> and then Bolo. Bolo gets called out. And Bolo Young is yoked in this movie. Yes. When he takes he his is... gi top off, his titties are huge. I know. <laughs> Damn, son. He is massive and it's so funny because the guards it's actually it's actually very entertaining and and somewhat realistic because yeah the guards are throwing shit kicks at him yep and bolo's got so much goddamn muscle mass (laughs) that they're just bouncing off and and you believe it you're just like oh yeah yeah yeah." i can see those flailing little kick you know like literally doing nothing and he fucking legit kills him and i do remember as a kid like i was about 10 years old the last guy when he cradles him cradles him (laughs) like a baby and just starts crushing him and dude who's being killed his like his face eyes look like they're legit popping out oh yeah and when bolo's making like the foley's great because the sound effects like yeah and then they're like rolling a like a soup can over a bunch of walnuts to make like, the, the breaking bone sounds and stuff and i remember as a kid being like mortified that like you know he just crushed him to death and yeah. it's just I, I remember being scared like as a you know whatever whatever i was 10 or 11 years yep. old the first time i saw this that that frightened me well it's just like oh it scared me when he when he punched that one dude and dropped him and then got on top of him and grabbed his hair and pulled his head up and you could hear him go <laughs> yeah. ah, ah! <laughs> and then he, they just kind of pan up to bolo's face and he just pulls really hard and snaps his neck yeah. snaps <laughs> like, his oh my neck. god he just pulled his head off <laughs> and then that one last guy yeah he tries to run away and the crowd throws him back and then he just flails at bolo <laughs> Yeah. And he crushes He's got him. nothing. He's great. He got nothing. Uh, and then here we go. Here we go. Here we friggin' go because now we get Mr. Lee. And Bruce Lee leans forward and gives the thumbs up and they go over and you see. I love the way they do this because he looks down the line and watches the guy go get his opponent. And then you just see O'Hara stand up. And you can just see Bruce's face change. And ex- Bruce's oh. face is incredible so here. So good. Because that change of like, oh, who am I fighting? Okay, who do I got to? And then, ah. Oh. And that like, oh, I get to fuck this guy up. And yeah, that's the, like, and again, there's the, the change on his face is so small and so subtle, but it says everything. Like, you know, you know what's going on. And yeah. that's the one thing that he does so well. He doesn't, he doesn't oversell his emotions, no. but you get them. But everything's there. Like, you see everything in that change of like, okay, here we go. This shit's on now. And then 
they get they come up to the front and O'Hara's got the stupid board with him. And when Bruce Lee bows to him and O'Hara holds the board up and, up and air breaks it, and you get the iconic line of Oh don't hit back. Mm. And O'Hara kinda smiles at him. I know that that line's been around forever and has been parodied, but it's so goddamn good when he says it in this movie because it, you know what I mean? Like the, that, that sense of don't try and intimidate me, Mm. intimidate me out there when we're fighting this little bullshit on the sidelines that doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's that, you know, bullshit walks. It's it's so good, and it's even like every everything here is done so well because when when Bruce when Bruce says it to Bob Wall, just he, the look on his face is you know like I'm very serious, and Bob Wall kind of smirks, yeah, because kind of smirks like oh okay all right like it's, it's almost like an acknowledgement like oh okay this guy is not falling for this for right. this stuff. All right, let's let's see what he's got. Yeah. And then they do the flashback of his, his sister. Sister, which is perfectly timed. Yeah. Right? Perfectly timed and they play that same, you know, kind of music, music cue, cue. Yeah. in there, uh which is great just as, you know, as they they put their hands up and to this day this this first little punch oh. is Dude, every time I watch this movie again and this scene comes up and they stand there and their hands go up back to back and Han says, Bolo. And Bolo says, go! Go! And there's a beat. And then Bruce goes, what? And, dude, the fucking speed Bruce Lee has is unfathomable to me. And I, I have to the- watch this two or three times. every t- I always rewind it. Because I cannot goddamn believe how fast he is. And it's not just, it's not just his hand. Like, his no. whole body moves and torques yeah right? and you can you can see like you can see he's completely relaxed and then when he throws it everything tightens and everything torques like yeah he's hitting him hard right like <laughs> yeah. anybody anybody can you know flick your flick your hand out really really fast but there's nothing behind it like you can see how fast he is yep and how you know, if he weighs 120, he got hit with 120 pounds of force. Like, yeah. it's awesome. Dude, he switches his weight. His weight goes onto his lead foot. Bap! Like, everything changes. And it drops Bob. And then they get up. And the, the, the crowd applauds. And Bob Wall gets up. And they reset. And he goddamn does it again. Mm. And just, what? Drops him again. And just that look on his face of like, okay. He kind of does that exhale, and then they set up again. And the third time, when Bob Wall blocks the first one, and then Bruce changes hands and hits him with his underhand. <laughs> on, yeah. In that, that quick little exchange. Fuck, it's good. It's so good. And that's, the, that's, that's so cool that they do... That they do this. Like, it's not, okay, here's like 15. And as much as I love those other movies that, you know, like they're super choreographed and stuff like this, this is like three hits. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's three hits, and it's still one of my favorite little exchanges in, you know, any martial arts movie of all time. Just yeah. the, just where they in their back, their hands are, you know, like back to each other, and then pow! And then it's just it's just awesome. I love it. And it's everything. It's 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 so good because of the lead up, right? Because of the yeah, you're right. As as he says in the exchange with Lao, because of the emotional content of that fight scene, like that tension of his sister and his dad and the tournament and everything is wound up in that lead up to those hands touching back to back. 
and then and it, not anger and not yeah. anger. And that's, I'm relaxed. It's yeah. like fucking Doc Holiday in a gunfight, right? I got nothing to lose, yeah. so I'm relaxed. And you're tight yes. because you're scared of me right now. And what? Mm. And then the shit's over. And god damn, it's so good. And then the frustration of O'Hara when he grabs Lee's foot and you can hear Hans O'Hara, right? And then he throws yeah. him up and Bruce kicks him through the backflip, which is dope as shit. Like, it's so good. <laughs> it is. And at some point here, I think it might be after the boards don't hit back thing, but we get that pan across the crowd of the ugliest humans in the planet Earth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're panning across and they're so ugly. And, <laughs> and I feel bad for saying it because they're probably real dudes out there somewhere, but man. Yeah. 70s dudes come on son like <laughs> yeah woo but bruce looks so good like you know when he's just kind of walking around with his hands down dude he just looks his chin's up slightly yep and he's just walking like like, like a little like strut for walk and says i'm the cock of the walk baby he's got he's got that and gold you know he diapers. does that gold plated <laughs> diapers he does that big 360 wheel kick oh and, it's, and takes him out. I love that kick so much because uh, O'Hara does that sort of spinning jump kick and Bruce drops and kicks him in the dick. Kicks him right in the dick, yeah. And then O'Hara falls off and he gets up and Bruce does the little strut. And as O'Hara throws that kick, Bruce does the wheel kick. And man, if you watch that wheel kick, like I know it doesn't hit Bob Wall. Yes. But Bruce Lee's foot goes right across where his fucking face is. The kick is on point. Like I've watched that kick 100,000 times in the times I've watched that movie. And yes. it goes right across where Bob Wall's face is. Like, it looks like it hits. Yeah. You know? And they do. The, I think they yeah. do the same kick twice because he gets up and yeah, then he, he does it. Yeah, he does it two times. Yeah. And then he does the, the big, patented the big side Bruce kick. Lee. I'm going to sidekick him into the sequel to this movie. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to kick him out of this movie and into another one. Kick him into the harbor down below. <laughs> yeah, because he just, he just comes a traveling and Dude. is... Bruce Lee's face is so great here. He's just like, ah! Yeah, and apparently Bob Wall said, kick me when you do this sidekick, just throw it and hit me as hard as you can. You're not going to move me. It's okay. And Bruce was like... Oh, did he say that? Yeah, and Bruce was like, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he... You, well, you see the kick. I mean, he kicked him. And I think they had to do it a bunch of times. And he kicked Bob Wall so goddamn hard <laughs> that you can see him. He goes flying back and you know, mows over like four stunt guys that were supposed to catch him. And apparently it broke yeah. one of the stunt guy's arms like badly. So he beat the shit out of Bob Wall in that scene. Oh yeah. Well, one of the stunt guys like kind of lands on a chair. Like, Oh yeah. Like know, it, it didn't beat the it shit. It was not a, it was not a nice landing yeah. for that because Bruce, it, like he doesn't do, he almost does. He's almost running, like <laughs> he's like hop running side, sideways. Yeah, he's yeah, he's in a horse stance, but he's running <laughs> sideways like a crab. It's like he's gonna throw a javelin. <laughs> yeah, he's going very fast. Like in Way of the Dragon, you know, he basically did the foot exchange, right? He did the yes. shuffle, right? It's yeah. just like left, right, right, boom. But in this one, he's just kind of like ah, <laughs> and I'm like, he's galloping, he's galloping sideways. How's he doing that? <laughs> Kick, <laughs> fucking. Go flying. It's it's 
great. It's, it's so, so good. good. Oh, it's awesome. It's such a good kick. And then O'Hara is all fucked up and far from home, picking up the <laughs> wine bottles full of water and smashes them together. And Mr. Han's and like, hey, O'Hara, like, stop it. O'Hara, smash. And when Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee hears the smash and turns, he looks so goddamn pissed. Oh, like, he looks so he's angry. He's just like, he's... He's just like, all right, that's it. And it's almost like he's like, okay, well, you killed my sister, and now this is it. This is life or death. Yep. This is your you spot, know, like, son. You just picked it. Yeah, you just picked your, you know, you're going to try to kill me. You know, he just, you just, you just took this to a level that you don't want to take it to. Yeah. And uh, it's a, it's, it's slow motion. You know, you can see that the, they do a good job at, in the slow motion, making the kicks look like they're really connecting. Yes. Um, I mean, he hits, he hits. Bob Wall in the head, but it's not like a super death. Oh, kick. with the with the roundhouse like, kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He kicks it, him kind of in it, the it, neck, like ah, oh, my neck. Yeah, <laughs> my neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, Bob Wall's looking looking pretty hurt, and then you know he puts the puts the roundhouse kick up, hits him in the side of the neck, and then does that super famous, super iconic you know, parody stomp, parodied in the in the in the Bruce Leroy. Uh, last film. dragon yeah the last dragon where buddy jumps on the on the ghetto blaster and then but i man, love I'll i love his you, face man i was just gonna say when when he jumps on on ohara and he lands like the slow motion cut of his face man you can see that emotion on him of i just killed the guy that made my sister kill herself yeah and the the, the pain of i didn't want to do it but this dude took it there and i'm gonna finish that shit and i just did it and, and I did it. Yeah, I did it. And now that's over. And that's a wrap. And you can see all that tension on his face from that. It's awesome. It's so good. Like this is I'm going to say this is so good in, you know, 50,000 more times in the next. <laughs> well, that's, many times. But when when he's at the gravesite and he's like, you know, you're not going to agree with what I want to do. Yeah. This goes against everything that, you know, that I believe in and everything that my sister believed in. You know, I'm going to do this. I hope you can try this, to find please. a way to forgive I me. I hope you can try to find a way to forgive me. Yeah. And you can see that he is walking away from O'Hara after defeating him. Yeah. And it's only when O'Hara pulls out the bottles and is, you know, I'm going to kill you that he he gets stone cold killer face on him does what he has to do does the jump looks like it's this emotional catharsis like yep. you know like he's relieved that this is over but it's something that he didn't want to do and then as soon as that is released he looks straight back at han yeah like he's got it's it's fucking great man it's so good and all the guys in the crowd are looking at lee like Holy shit, this guy's a killer. Like, this guy's not fucking around. Yeah. Quick point here, they didn't have candy glass, sugar glass in Hong Kong. Those were real wine bottles. That yeah, Bob that Bob doesn't broke. surprise me. And that's the scene where Bruce really got hurt because he told Bob oh, Wall, got- stab at me with that bottle as, as quick and as hard as you can, and I'll kick it out yeah. of the way. And they fucked up at one point, and Bruce basically punched his right hand into one of those broken bottles and cut the shit out of his hand and had to get... Yeah. I've heard different stories. I've heard anywhere from 3 to 12 stitches in his hand, but uh, he, he fucked his hand up pretty good. Well, I imagine you would. Like, yeah. That's why you use candy bottles, but, right? you know... Yeah, so that wraps up O'Hara, and we get the, the, great, the great look here. Of, <laughs> oh, Han looks over, and the guy goes over and checks O'Hara's pulse and then just kind of yes. looks over at Han and does the 
cut across the neck with his hand like I love that guy he's awesome that guy's one of my he's my favorite background character in this film he's a that guy yeah he's he's the shit I love that guy and then uh, Han does the the classic line Ohara's treachery has disgraced us and then off he walks and that's kind of the end of that section so we're into section three here section three we get Williams and Han end up having a meeting here uh, Williams and Roper want to hook up afterwards, but Williams has to meet Han. And then Roper ends up having a meeting with Han as well. Uh, Roper declines to be a part of Han's little uh, empire here. And unfortunately, this is where he sees the end of Williams. So section three here, Roper and Williams after Lee kills O'Hara. Roper and Williams want to hook up later and talk about what happened and what's going on. And Tanya comes over to Williams and says, hey, you have to go see uh, Mr. Han if you would. And this is where we get Williams walking into Han's little office and they have their little confrontation, which is mm. pretty awesome. I really like this scene because uh, this is, this is Jim Kelly because, at peak, man. Yeah. Jim Kelly is just like, I'm not telling you shit. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, you were outside the, the palace. He's like, yeah, I was outside, but I wasn't the only one. You will tell me who it is. And you could suck and on these swollen like, nuts. How about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and then, yeah, he does this. Suddenly, I want to leave your island. Your island. <laughs> That's impossible. And then we get the great quote of, uh, You will tell me who else. Mr. Han, suddenly, i like to leave your island. It is not possible. Bullshit, Mr. Handman. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit, Mr. Handman. <laughs> it's so I goddamn loved it. good. And uh, so he looks in the mirrors, the ironically or uh, foreshadowing mirror behind Han's desk there and sees the guys coming in behind him to kick his ass. And uh, he turns around and gives the other line, man, you're right out of a comic book. (laughs) And then turns around with that quick little (laughs) and then beats the shit out of four or five guys. And honestly, this is like as far as his showcasing his martial arts when he takes out these henchmen yep. that's i think this is where jim kelly really looks like the best yes. in the whole film 100%. a couple of really really good kicks except for there's one stunt man that does a late sell as he crashes oh, through, through the, the glass. door yeah through the, the glass door <laughs> yeah. that's a little much yeah, he, he he goes back and then suddenly speed ramps himself like he's in a Zack Snyder film speed ramps himself up through the glass door oh that guy was ahead of his time right he just he skip framed himself into the next into the next uh, set there but yeah he hits that last guy with that elbow that pop pop boom and then he hits him with that right elbow and the guy just drops onto Han's desk and then Han cracks him with his left hand his quote-unquote hand yeah Mr. Han when Mr. Han's hand when uh, when Jim Kelly kicks it and oh. it's just like Pating! you see his face He's go just like, ah. <laughs> yeah gosh golly that hurts yeah, it's it's pretty cool and then you know like there's fucking doves attacking Jim Kelly and shit I'll like, tell you man you know, Han, prop, Han is the master of the animals props to uh, Shik Kien here Mr. Han the guy that plays Mr. Han that dude mm. is 60 years old when this movie was filmed. Is he really 60? Six, and he did all of that fight himself. That's really him in there. There's no stuntman. He is jumping around and throwing kicks and punches. That dude's a legend. Like, keeping up with Jim Kelly at 60? Please. That dude's awesome. Mm. Yeah, um, he. Yeah. I didn't realize he was that old. Jeez. Yeah, he was 60 when this movie. And he didn't even. He died at like 92 in 
can't remember when he died, 2011 or something, like or 2009 mm. maybe, but like he lived a long time. Dude was awesome. So yeah, he beats up Jim Kelly here. Uh, Williams ends up kicking him through the wall into the den of the hippie laughing druggy chicks. Yeah, and again, when I was like 10 or 11, I that really disturbed me. Well, I didn't. Too. I didn't get like, it when I was whenever I watched it. I can't remember how old I was. I would have been I, 12. Yeah, I was a kid. I I, I didn't get it either. I was, like, I was why are they laughing? Like, why, are, why are they laughing? What's going on? That's why do funny. they find this hilarious? Why is he bloody? He's getting his ass kicked and they're laughing. I don't get it. <laughs> but now I'm yeah. like, oh, they're high as fuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are high as. <laughs> so yeah they beat he beats his ass to death with that metal hand and uh oh and he goes in and just finishes him off man it's that was pretty brutal it's pretty brutal because he hits him and knocks him and then he's they do kind of that fight club thing where they don't show williams getting hit they just show yeah. show han hitting and they just do the sound impact like when when he's beating angel face when the narrator beats angel face yeah, it's hard, man, because when the sound is just there and that's all you get, your brain does way worse than what they could show you. Yeah, oh. and the lighting and yeah. the music and the and the girls laughing, like you know, it was very trippy for me. It and, was, uh, you know, I I I remember being a kid and this being like scary to me. Yes, like you know, the yep. girls like the close up on their faces, like ha 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 ha, and I was like, why are they laughing at someone being murdered? Like, yeah, you know, it's weird. It bothered me. It's it works though. I mean, you know, even now, like as an adult, it's still a it's still a very violent and disturbing scene. It is. And then of course he pulls the the glove off, and you're like, oh shit, he's got a goddamn lead hand or yeah. whatever he has metal or something bad. So then we get uh, the cut here to Roper talking to Mister Han and giving the you know I'm supposed to meet my friend later, and Han's like, well, you'll see him later. Don't worry about that shit. <laughs> I got, I got yeah. that sorted out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's at the end of the tour, right by the gift shop. Yeah, right. Just before you leave, you can buy a stuffed statue of your hanging, swollen, <laughs> bald friend. <laughs> so they take him through the, uh, Han takes him through the museum of all the weapons and shit like that. And there's the cool little scene here where he takes him by all of his fake hands and ends up with the mm. skeleton hand, mm. of the just the bones. And Roper's like, what's, what's this? And Han just comes back and smiles at it and, ah, souvenir. Yeah, his smile is really great it's there great. too. He's a good actor, man. He's yeah, he's a good he doesn't really. Oh, yes, it's a souvenir. Then takes him up to the guillotine. And he, uh, Shik Yen, was actually chosen kind of specifically by Bruce Lee for this this role because he was the villain in a series of uh, movies in Hong Kong. Start, I think they're called Wei F- Wong Fei Hung. I think was his name. Uh, movies where Wong Fei Hung was the was the hero. And Shikian played the villain in those movies. And Bruce Lee wanted Shikian to play the villain in his movie so that he could sort of become the new Wong Fei Hung hero and kind of take over the mantle of the China hero. Well, Bruce was always smart like that. He was. Like, man. He was. He knew that cultural stuff, right? He was always like knew what to deliver. And he would deliver a movie. He would. He would he would kind of create a movie that people didn't know that's what they wanted to see until they saw it. And then yes. once they saw it, they were just like, Oh my God, this is so far and away above what, you know, is, is out there right now. Cause I mean, when he did that first, first film with uh low way, yeah. Fist of Fury. the big boss or fist of fury or fists of like, it's <laughs> depending on where you're yeah. seeing it. Yeah. You know, do you remember <clears throat> they were talking about it? Linda was talking about it and she said, that they walked outside and they were lined up like 
lined up down the street, like out of the city. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, the lineup was just ridiculous. And they basically just played the movie 24-7 on, on, on fucking loop. repeat. Yeah. Yeah. 24-7 on a loop. And the and the, the Chinese people would just uh, go. Uh, we'll just wait in fucking line. Yeah, I'll wait for, All right, wait well, for an hour and a half and I'll catch the next show. Yeah. Like, they would, they would literally. Can you imagine, like. Oh, uh, we almost got in on the last show. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get in on the next show. Like, yeah, that's you know, insane. Like that is so insane. Like the cultural phenomenon that he was and created just can never, ever be overstated. No, it really can't. And and he was just a genius at delivering stuff that the people wanted and fell in love with. Yeah, and to think in that movie they were still deciding during filming there was the kind of two main characters. It was Bruce Lee and the guy that played, I believe it was his cousin. Shushane. Yeah. Yeah. And they were still deciding which one of them was going to get killed in the end. And they decided yeah. Shushane was going to get killed and Bruce Lee would end up fighting the big boss and be the hero. Right. Which led to Bruce Lee, which yeah. is crazy that they were debating that who is... was going to get killed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we yeah. kill off the Bruce Lee kid. Like madness. So yeah, they show up here with uh Roper and we get the, uh, this is where we get the cat in the guillotine scene where Han is kind of testing Roper about how far is he going to go? Does he have a line? Is he going to kill the cat? Is he heartless and puts the cat on the guillotine and Roper takes it off. And cause he doesn't want to see the mm. cat get cut in half. And, uh, he has that great line where he picks the cat up and goes, now you got eight lives left, mm. puts it down. Yeah. And, and the, the way that Han, they, they do the close up of Roper. They do the close up of the cat. Yeah. They do everything. And then they cut back to the wide shot. And you see Roper, the cat, and Han in the thing. And he's just like, Very few people can be totally ruthless. It isn't easy. It takes more strength than you might believe. Yeah. And I'm like, He's going to fucking cut this cat in two. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like. You you really like you really kind of get into that scene, and then of course it's a fake out. But I mean, it's it's cool because he's the music's building, and he's just kind of giving this speech, like you know. Well, and you don't know because he just beat Williams to death, to death with his hand you know, with a bunch of fucking. So you're yeah. like, well, this guy's gonna with he'll his... beat a dude to death. He'll for for he'll for sure cut a cat in half. Like that's not a thing. Just to make a fucking point yeah <laughs> right like that's not far off that's like when you watch a david cronenberg movie like he'll kill a baby to make a oh, point he will in in a cronenberg oh. movie so there's always that mm. tension in a cronenberg movie because you know it's yeah. nobody's safe zero people are safe in a cronenberg movie yeah and that's what they did here by having han beat williams to death with his bare hand well bare hands i guess they then put that jeopardy on that cat of like well no he'll do it so, well, yeah. is it fake or is it not fake? Because for real, he'll cut this cat in half. Yeah, yeah, it just happened to be fake, but he would really do it. Like that's what, like when we when we discussed the raid in that episode, we were just like, yes. we were like, well, anything can happen. They they just shot a kid right? in the neck like, <laughs> and killed know, like, him <laughs> and killed him. They're off to the races. <laughs> so you know, like once once they cross that line, then you're just like, okay, anything can go. So again, like it was. He's just a really good. He's really good at keeping the movie entertaining, but moving it at a at a slow pace that doesn't feel slow. Yes. Yeah. You know, you're constantly moving forward, but you're moving forward slowly, and he just doles out the information and just does it so well. So well. Yeah. Really good. 
So uh, Han pulls the guillotine lever and the elevator lowers down and you see Roper's face drop with that. Ah. Yeah, I got faked out. Yeah. And they go down and this is where Han shows Roper his whole sort of empire or his whole business working dealings down below. This is our furnace room, our boiler room. This is our where we boil the heroin. This is where we get the chicks hooked on heroin to sell them into slavery. Gives him the whole tour. And Roper kind of seems into it. Like, he's a little hesitant, but at a certain point, you you can kind of see him being like, yeah, you get them hooked on this, you provide a need, give them a little nudge, yeah, yeah, okay. He's kind of into it, right up until, well, and then, then actually I shouldn't say that because he shows him his, his daughter's slash bodyguards where the chick flips Roper over and drops him. <laughs> mm. And th- that's when they show him the heroin and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but he hesitates because they have those prostitutes in the, in I don't know, boxes. phone booths or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that they're, that they're ejecting. And you can see he's got a hesitation on his face to that. Yes. And then, you know, they walk past the jail cells, you know, with the lost drunken men who no longer care where they wake up in the morning, which is a very long description. <laughs> <laughs> but to them tremendous but you quote. can tell he's 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 kind of not into that he seems to be he seems to be morally okay with drugs but he's seems to not be okay with the abuse of people yeah the the drug and the girls for slavery and the oh i yeah, just he does keep all these guys here because i can test drugs on them or whatever he does with them and then when they do the wide shot and williams is kind of in the background oh. Yeah, that's harsh. And you don't see him right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't see Williams right away. And, like, it's super wide. And on the left, you've got the, the jail cell. You've got Han and Roper kind of in the middle. And then, you know, on the right-hand side, you've got Williams hanging there dead. And beaten. You know, with the spiky like, fence. Yeah. And just straight up beaten. Bloody mess. And you're just like, Ugh! and you kind of notice it right around the same time. Roper notices it, and Roper is his face here is really good. Yeah, John Saxton did a really good job, and Han doesn't he give fuck? Like you know, he's just like, ah, there were some questions I asked, and he didn't want to answer them, so it's his so fucking I fault. Smash him in the face with my lead hand till he couldn't recognize mm. himself. Yeah, Roper's face here is good. Saxton does a really good job of of showing that, like, God damn it, like that's my friend. Fuck, and then he gives the no. I'm not. I'm not joining your bullshit. What are you doing? Like, fuck out of here. And I think yeah, and he's just Han wanted to set up the relationship of I'm the boss. Like you're not the boss, I'm the boss. And if you fuck with me, this will happen to you. Well, and I do like cuz he said uh, you know, I I wanted you to see he's like you want me to join this and Han's like I just wanted there not to be any misunderstanding. And John Saxon is great here cuz yeah. even though like he's upset, he looks him dead in the fucking eyes and he's like, "No." There's, there's no misunderstanding between you and me. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, you know, you're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I might be kind of an asshole and a fucking fake and, you know, a gambler. And, you know, <laughs> he may be all those things, but he's not, he's not what Han is. No, you know? that reminds me of the end of From Dusk Till Dawn. Do you remember that when Juliette Lewis is there and all her family's dead and Richie's dead and it's just her and George Clooney? out there seth gecko and she's like what yes 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 can you take me with you 
And he just looks at her and goes, he's like, Kate, I'm, I might be yeah, right. Kate, I might be an asshole, but I'm not a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. 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 Another one we saw in the theater together. Oh, several times. that movie's the shit. I love that movie. So yeah, the Roper doesn't join and that wraps up uh, section three. So section four here, Bruce uh, heads back out again into the night. He fights a million different guards, but gets captured. Then they try and make him fight Roper, and Roper declines, and Roper ends up fighting Bolo. So Bruce ends up going back out here uh, into the night. He wants to get back down into the the underground lair of where Han keeps all the girls and stuff. And when he gets to the vent again with the cement lid, there's a cobra there mm. on top of it, just sitting there. <laughs> and which, uh, side note, that was a real goddamn cobra with real goddamn fangs. <laughs> that Bruce Lee really goddamn grabbed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like You gotta love the 70s, man. The 70s, they were like, oh yeah, yeah, we milked the venom out of it. I'm like, but the shit still got fangs, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. And they show Bruce, grab that thing by the friggin' head and stuff it into the bag. Mm. And he really did that shit. Incredible. Oh, it's ridiculous. Stuff that shit into the bag and carries it on his back. And then, again, pike position, lowers himself down. And, again, the rope... Obvious, don't drop the rope down. Like, keep it and just let it come out. Small thing. And so then Bruce goes down, and he, this is where he sees the heroin girls, which is, again, this is a disturbing scene where he walks by yeah. them, and that one girl's just blankly staring ahead, and the other girl's like, help, help us. Can you help us? Hey, hey, help us. And she's yeah. clearly, like, she, that chick, you know, they just got, like, expat extras to come in because it was hard to find Western girls in Hong Kong to play these little roles. But that chick did a good job. Well, both of them did a good job. Like the, the the one who's screaming for help and the other one, and I'm not trying to like make fun of this woman's appearance, but she did a good job at looking just so gaunt and, and like blank. just lo- and blank. And she's kind of got this ugly destroyed persona. Like, yeah. you know, like there was somebody here before and there's nothing here but a but a shell. Yeah. And, you know, they made her eyes dark and they just litter a little bit, you know, from above. So you got major shadows under her eyes, major shadows under her chin. And somehow she turns the corners of her mouth down like, you know, just droopy. Like she she looks fucked. Yeah. She's awesome. Good on her, man. Like those those two girls freak me out. And so he walks by them and then he sees the uh, the radio room here. And this is where he gets the brilliant idea to chuck the snake into those guys. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a stupid way to do it, but, you know, it's entertaining. I get it. It's entertaining. And again, real snake, real cobra. Bruce picks that thing up and slaps it on the back of the goddamn <laughs> he head. Starts, I know. I know. <laughs> to get its hood to flare out like Jesus. <laughs> and I got to tell you, like, I would not be walking around with a snake in a bag slung over my shoulder. Like, I would have between... The bag and my back would be like a license plate or, you know, like something that the snake couldn't bite through. Right? Like, if I'm going to be Jake the Snake Roberts, I'm using a constrictor that doesn't bite me. Fangs that'll go through my friggin' lungs. Nope. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, he chucks the the snake in there. And uh, uh, once again, those the two radio guys freak out. And one of them picks up a chair and chucks it through the window, which is a real plate glass window. Because, again, they don't have candy glass, real plate glass window. And then that one guard leaps literally head first out of the window. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, whoa. And uh, Bruce gets in there and sends his little message off to Braithwaite. And Bruce really stepped on that cobra. 
to stop it from squirming around. Those are Bruce Lee's feet. No, it's really, like, it's really moving. Oh, yeah. He's doing, his Morse, he's doing his Morse code, and there's a snake, like, at his feet, and he's... And it's it's slithering and moving. And, and he's, he's only like, mildly annoyed by it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, goddamn snake. And just steps on the thing. Yeah. Like, Jesus, dude. And then... Uh, we get the the he leaves the the thing here and we get a couple of guard fights that's a i just want to point out what an awesome shot that was and the camera work when he comes out of the booth and yes. jumps and jumps out the camera's up he gets in the he's right in the center of frame he jumps through drops down as soon as he lands buddy grabs him and you know does the captain kirk rip his shirt yep um there goes you know, the shirt. to set up so so he can go shirtless um, his little cat suit, but yep. I just I just love that shot. How he you know just kind of jumped through the window and landed and got into a fight. You know, his shirt gets torn. He's like, oh, I'll have to tear this shirt off so you can see my <laughs> rippling muscles. My um, rippling muscles. <laughs> but I thought it was uh, I thought it was a good shot. It's one of my favorite shots in the film, though. Just the way he's framed up, it's great. It's a great shot, and then the slow mo shots of the the initial couple of yeah. yards where he fights them. Really great. Yeah, he does that sweep ridge. He does hand. that block. Yeah, he does that, and then he just does the double kick. It does two yep. more blocks. Like he just, man, it's it's really good. This is it's really good. Aside from the from the fight he has with Ohara, this is this fight is crazy because the slow mo part here first, mm. and then he he sort of has to go over in front of the elevator and he tries to open it and he can't and then he has to fight a few more guards in front of the elevator which is pretty quick when he goes to the when he goes over to the well first he smashes a few guys right yep. you know he's he's i love how he's doing elbows he he hooks a guy's arm and is holding him by the hair yep editor's note that was Jackie Chan as a stuntman surprise we totally forgot to mention that back to the podcast and kind of using him as a shield and kicking the shit out of a few guys that go around him. (laughs) And then when he gets to the elevator and he goes to pull the doors open to just as an excuse to flex his lats, fuck, his back looks wide. His back is ridiculous, man. His back, you could land a plane (laughs) on that shit. If you zoom in real tight, you can see people climbing it with ice axes and shit. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, like you you could project a movie on his back like when he <laughs> when he pops his lats out. Oh. It's so good. It's like the and scene then, in Way of the in uh, Way of the Dragon where he's on the balcony and he flexes from behind and he yeah. flares his shit out and you're like, "Jesus, dude." Like a hang glider. It's so good. And then he hears the crowd running on him, on him like yeah. you, hear, <laughs> you hear it sounds it, I don't know, it sounds like 60 guys running at him and he just kind of he just kind of like slowly starts to turn around and he gets halfway and then he just starts i love how he is doing you know some of that southern chinese blocking and striking at the same time yes yeah 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 when these first guys come up you know a little bit more of his traditional wing chun style but it's just like whap whap so he's basically doing that half hard block punch combinations and it just looks it just looks really good because there's like five or six guys that he's that he's basically you know punching and blocking at the same time or or clearing and punching a split second apart which um again just is a testament to his training and it looks great on camera it looks really good on camera yeah and you can see it that's the other thing that you know we neglected to mention about this film is just because he does it so well is 
you know, you can see the attacks and you can see his blocks and you can see his deflections and his hits. Yeah. In contrast to the movie we did last week, Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, Where yeah. there were so many camera angles and so many changes of perspective and so much shaking and it, it you couldn't see anything. Even with people who were really good at fighting in movies, Yeah, just the, the, the sort of control from above, the directorial control was such that it kind of ruined it. Whereas here... The director listened and worked with Bruce with the choreography and the camera placement so that you can, like you said, pick the shots so that you can see everything because he's so good. And the stunt team that he has with him is good. You can see everything. It's great. Yeah. Like even in the next scene where, you know, they're in front of the jail cells with, you know, the lost drunken men. And oh, yeah, the elevator you know, opens. He kind of. He just kind of. Yeah. The elevator opens and he, and he just kind of stands there and he's got the. He, he kind of slides into frame and he's got the stick and he kicks the shit out of a few guys. And, you know, he's he's got his arms out and his his focus, like his eyes oh, just general are are just like are just like staring straight ahead. And he's, you know, back at the beginning of the film when he's talking, he's like, you know, like he goes, I don't react and this and that. Yeah. He's like, I, you know, I should be he should be. Um, it hits all by itself. Yeah, it hits all by itself, and he said he should, it, you know, it should be a a play, but it should be serious, and like you know, just the, yeah. everything that he described to his teacher, he's now the personification of that. Yeah, it's being painted into a picture here that you can see, right? I love the beating up outside the elevator, and then as soon as he turns, and the elevator doors open, and all the guys run out, and he's like, "Whoa!" Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, "Yeah," runs away. <laughs> yeah, that part it's cracks so good. Me up. He just... It always makes me think of the uh, the part of Big Trouble in Little China, where he's like, "Okay, from here, it's just a quick walk out the door. Just front offices, a big face facade yeah, of the building. Yeah. Opens the door, and they're all there. Closes the door. We might be in trouble." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's... Uh, that's awesome. Like that homage goes through in a lot of different movies, but yeah, he yeah, gets the, just, the staff it's really comedic. He gets mm. the staff first and beats up a couple of guys with the staff. And I love when he hits the guys and then he kind of goes and he whips it down. And it goes, rubber shake. Oh, it's great. Uh, and then he gets the sticks, like you said, and beats the shit out of some guys with the sticks and the lost drunken men hold them. And that general focus of, I have to be in the middle of everybody and see everything. And then that one guy comes at him with the nunchucks and it wraps around the stick and he drops the sticks and takes the nunchucks. And okay, the speed that he uses these nunchucks with is ridiculous. It, it, yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, it makes, it makes it, no sense. It, it's fast. Like when he switches his grip, and I know the sound is added in afterwards, but you know what? Watch it on mute and just look at how friggin' fast he moves these things around. It's it's insane how quick he makes these move. And I when I watched the director's commentary, not the director, I'm sorry, the producer's commentary, he actually says in this scene, okay, now watch this because this is not sped up. This is really Bruce Lee. Watch this. And he does it. And he's just, at the end of, the, of his little flourish with the nunchucks, the guy just goes, yeah, that's crazy. Because <laughs> it's so insane. But I mean, that's like... When he when he holds the the nunchucks out like you know horizontally yep. across him oh. like that's the iconic picture yep. you know from the poster and like everything yeah like with this film when he does do the nunchucks the thing that I like is you he he rarely blinks 
Like his his eyes, like in some of the other films where he used the nunchucks, he was blinking yep. when he was doing it. But with this film, he blinks a little bit, but he's just like focused as hell, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's insane. And then he's whacks those other couple dudes with them. And like after hearing them gong off that statue, when you see him smoke that dude in the head and he flies over the railing into the into the pool where Williams went, mm. you realize, oh my God, like that dude's probably dead. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And he kicks the shit out of those dudes, and then he runs off and ends up getting trapped in the sliding doors and just puts the chucks around his neck and sits down and realizes, okay, I'm captured. I'm just going to sit. And you know what? Like, as far as timing and pacing goes, this is great because yeah. it, it amped everything up, and then all of a sudden he's trapped, and he doesn't act like a like a trapped animal. He trapped he, he acts like a Shaolin monk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just yep. he just drops down into Seiza, puts the chucks right around his neck and just relaxes. He's not gonna waste any energy. Nope. He knows he knows what happened to him. And then of course you got Han uh saying that his skills are extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. the reading of the script um Pretty great. from whoever did the voice instead of extraordinary. <laughs> they gotta match the match his are... lips. To the talking, yeah. Right? So, yeah, stretch that word out a little bit, but yeah, really <laughs> good. You know, do what is the 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 propriety aspect of being a monk, right? Do what is appropriate in any given situation. I'm trapped. Sit down. Take a break. Take a breather. Mm. And then we bring Roper up here because Roper's brought out to fight Lee. You know, not what I'm going to do to him, Mister Roper. What you are going to do to him? Yeah. And For this morning's edification. Edification, yes. The good use of that word. <laughs> yeah. So they bring Roper over, and Roper's like, nope, not going to fight him. And then they make Roper fight Bolo. Yeah, and Han kind of fucks with him a bit because he's like, oh, well, maybe we'll all have to try to get up to your standard, Roper, but we'll have to find someone else for you to fight. <laughs> and <laughs> right, then Bolo, and you're like, you're him. just like, oh, oh, you sarcastic little piece oh, of shit. Right, now you got to fight titties. And it's so, like, when Bolo and Bruce are standing side by side, like, you just have those two, they're roughly the same height. Yeah, but the size difference. body types. Woo! Their body types are, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Bruce is, like, 120, and Bolo's probably, Bolo's, like, know, two bills, one, probably, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably coming in at 200, <laughs> and they're the same height, and, uh... One of his titties you know, probably just, weighs once as Bruce's leg. <laughs> yeah, 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 because... He's he's a fucking D cup, right? Oh, <laughs> you know? he's got some. So a decent little fight here between Roper and Bolo. Bolo gets him in an arm bar at one point, and uh, Roper bites his leg to get out of it. <laughs> I thought that was good. It was good. I would probably yeah, make. I thought it was good. It would probably make Bolo break his arm. Well, that's true. But I, uh, I mean, if I had to fight Bolo, I'd. Um, oh, I'd bite I'd, a piece I'd out of his. Bite Achilles. anything. <laughs> I'd bite whatever. I can't whatever use my arm. My you mouth. can't stand up. Fair yeah. trade. Yeah, I watched uh, Tyson Holyfield fight. I'd be, I'd be biting <laughs> anything right. I could because I wouldn't want him to do that fucking baby cradle crush on me. Right? You don't want you don't end up like that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mai Ling lets all the prisoners go. All the lost drunken men. They come running out. And then Bolo here gets. I've never seen this before. Bolo gets KO'd by a dick kick. <laughs> I don't know what happened with there, but Bolo's. I guess his Achilles heel is in his cock, but whatever. <laughs> That's how Bolo's night ends. He gets knocked out by a kick to the penis. And that wraps up that section. We're into the finale here. The finale is the prisoners all get out. There's a giant-ass brawl, 
and uh, Mr. Han fights Lee, ending up in the iconic mirrored set, and then we get the end. Mm-hmm. So uh, Roper and Lee kind of team up here to fight the guards, and they're just swatting dudes left and right. There's a lot of cool, I mean, it's a lot of one-kick, one-punch knockouts, but they look cool, and the, the, the kicks are on point, especially Bruce's. Like, Bruce's kicks are cool here. Yeah. And a lot of cool punches, and he's swinging for the fences with these punches. Well, I mean, Bruce is, he comes in with the guards, and he does, you know, like, he does like a big wheel kick and kicks two guards, and then, you know, some more guards come up, and he and he just fires in like three or four roundhouse kicks, like in succession, like snap, snap, snap. Yeah. And this is the thing where Han starts calling out guards' names. <laughs> That's <and> right. He's <laughs> just, he, <laughs> like, instead of like everybody get him, he's just like pointing, like there's probably 500 people there, and Han like knows everybody, he knows everybody. by name. Dopey, Sneezy, Ratchet. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Scumbag. Yo, go. yo, 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 just like naming all these people. <laughs> Sending them in one at a time. Just so it's it's all the guys that he didn't call okay. are just standing there like, should I go? Am I supposed to go now? Yeah, they're just kind of waiting. They're I, just kind of waiting. Is he so, gonna call us all to go? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then all the all the black shirted prisoners come out. Thankfully, all the guards are dressed in this gray weird color, and all the prisoners are black, so you can tell them apart. Yeah, like these well. guys are all in in you know Japanese geese with their black belts. But yeah, Bruce's. I just really like the choreography here because, like, you know, we're at the the high point of the film, and Bruce is just taking these guys out one at a time. Yep. And you know, at the very at, at the very least, like at first, like Han is calling them in one at a time, so it's not as stupid as you know everybody's standing around and waiting. Yeah. yeah true. Um, and then once once the lost drunken men come in, it does get a little bit the 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 Bruce and John Saxton look pretty good but like some of the stuff in the background when you're taking a close look there's guys laughing (laughs) yeah if you you uh if you don't watch the center of the screen which is honestly really hard to do because it's bruce lee kicking ass right yes but if you can if you can direct your focus into the background most of them are not bad i I really tried to focus on the background here but yes there are some guys joking and laughing and lollygagging and you know all that shit in the background because, you know, they're yeah, just like they're, guys. They're, like, they don't give a shit. Yeah, there's one scene where, like, there's, it's like Han, right? And Han's like, oh, my God, like, my whole empire is falling apart. And there's two guys, like, laughing in the back, like, like two guys <laughs> fighting each other. <laughs> and they're just like, hey, what do you think of this? Uh, maybe I'll show you this new crescent kick that I just learned. You know, <laughs> see my new move. It's like, called the purple nurple. Get over here. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> like, yeah, there's some... There's a little bit of, you know, ass grabbing going on in the background with some of the extras, but, you know. But overall, it's, right. it's pretty good. Yeah, overall, it's... Like, it's For having you know. 300 people have a fight behind you, it came out pretty yeah. okay. In, in, in 1973, pretty good. Yes. Pretty good. Well, and like you said, you know, low budget. Like, it's not yes. like... I don't think that they probably had the background guys choreographed. They were just no. like, all right, now you guys just fight i'm sure they do just your said yeah, martial arts do your thing and at the end of it everybody gets an egg salad sandwich and a spring roll like <laughs> yeah that's how they paid them i'm sure like nobody give a shit so <laughs> yeah <laughs> they don't give a fuck. but bruce bruce looks solid here oh. like you know really good always on point and then han changes his hand out to his bear claw <laughs> yeah that's my bear claw <laughs> um <laughs> and, and he smokes that and, one dude in the face ah and his face is all cut up 
I love Bruce's look when Han when Han puts the bear claw on and walks up to him. Bruce is standing there with that look on his face, just like, yeah, yeah, I am gonna, I am gonna annihilate I'm you, gonna kick he just the shit out of you. Incredible death stare on him. Yeah. I love it. Good fight, and then Han's hand gets stuck in that wooden post, and Bruce elbows him in the face, and his hand comes off. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh! <laughs> God damn it! Yoik! <laughs> I'll take that. And then hold on, I got to make a quick run to the hand museum. <laughs> and then he runs off to the hand museum. <laughs> Bruce chases him, kicks a couple guys in the ass on the way, and uh, kind of an iconic—not kind of a hundred percent iconic scene here, where Han runs in, breaks the glass, takes the the four bladed hand. Yeah, puts that, that shit that's on. still that still is like ominous to this day dude it's four I mean, bowie knives it, in his hand like it, jesus it gives him like an extra 16 inches of reach on bruce right so. <laughs> and then bruce runs in and says that famous line and says the line that opens our podcast every week without my stupid voice interrupting it you have offended my family and you have offended a shaolin temple yeah, that's how I, I trained my dog to attack when I said that. That's, that's right. how much I love this movie. <laughs> Sandy. That's what I remember. We'd Sandy. go play we'd go play in the backyard. Sandy would be sitting there and I'd I'd teach her to do this like dog says uh and I would be just like You have offended my family and you have offended a Shaolin temple and I taught her to attack on the word temple <laughs> and then we would wrestle. We would play so fight. Good. <laughs> and people would come over and they'd be like, uh, why did you, you show that? me that Enter the Dragon thing you taught your dog to do? Yeah, like, they'd yeah, bring no their problem. friends over and be like, you got to see this. <laughs> yeah. Watch what Chad did. Yeah, you got to see You got to see what Chad did. He trained his dog. And there were several Bruce, several Bruce Lee films that I trained her to attack me on. <laughs> the other being, uh, is your name Tang Long? Oh, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> she would attack me on that. <laughs> and then... Um, the other one that I trained her on was in uh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Oh, nice. One of my favorite moments in, in that film was when they were filming The Big Boss and uh, Tiny, that guy showed up <laughs> oh, and he's like, yeah, that's right. my brother can't walk right. He can't talk right. I have sworn to kill you. <laughs> and then I'd say that <laughs> and then Sandy would attack me. So just stupid waste of time, but I had fun. Still fun. I always like that movie when the when his first student walks in and goes, seeing some of them chop sake flicks. Yeah. Some cool yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. We get a cool uh, a cool little scissor takedown, like fast scissor takedown by Bruce here on Han. Like he just drops and scissors him down. Bop. Yeah, but it it looks legit though. That's oh, he took the, him down. Like, yeah. It's yeah, like it's it's a legit take like you know what it's like when sometimes like the other person is helping so much that it looks really fake yes but this looks this looks really good that takedown looks solid yeah there's a couple good little kick and exchanges here slashes with the blades where you get those again iconic slashes across the chest and stomach of bruce yeah and the this like on posters in teenage boys bedrooms yeah all through the 1980s mm-hmm. you know had this and farrah fawcett really yeah pretty much <laughs> And then when he gets the stomach cut, he tastes his own blood, and you get the cheesy. This is the only kind of cheesy part where they jump up and yeah, they're yeah. He slashes across Bruce, and then he lands. And then when uh, he tastes the blood off his stomach, then he jumps and does that slow motion sidekick to the face. Yeah, this it's it's kind of like the only spot that it it's a little bit off, but. I will say, like based on like all of the films that I've seen, he he tries to carry a certain amount of realism yes. through this, so he, yeah. you know he doesn't have the wires and stuff. So when he when he does do the thing where he kicks him in the face, at least it's 
it's kind of zoomed in and it doesn't look it doesn't look as fake as it actually is if that makes sense you know what i mean yeah no that's true and i mean for the amount of amazing realistic fighting that's in this movie i'll give them yeah two little jumpy fake kicks like that's totally fine yeah you know i'll I'll slide that well even after that he uh he uh, sweeps the leg. I was just going to talk uh, about the leg sweeps because they're good. Yeah, yeah, the leg sweeps are solid, and it looks it looks like when we did the other film, we were talking about Way of the Dragon. Oh, with Chuck, with Chuck, and he legit does the leg sweep on Chuck. He kind of almost does the same thing here with with Han, yep. who's sixty, <laughs> who's sixty, and drops it's, him on his ace. Like it, yeah, it drops yeah. him right on his ace, right on his tukas. Yeah, he takes him out, and then and then we we get the, the, <laughs> get, the most rewound scene. Oh, like I can't even believe how hard he kicked him when I thought it was him, because yeah. that dummy head swings up into frame, and then yes. he Bruce just launches into that roundhouse kick. And I remember us in your basement <laughs> watching that and being like, "Oh my god, like, did he kill yeah. that guy?" And freeze frame and going frame by frame and being like, oh, that's a mannequin. Oh, whew, yeah. holy crap. Yeah. Because he kicks yeah. that thing like full on to the head. <laughs> well, it's great because they have the actual actor like coming up into frame. And yes, Bruce's right. eyes just like kind of open right like, whoa. <laughs> and, then, and then they it's it's edited really well, too, because they show the start of the kick on the actual actor like yep. he starts the kick with the actor in frame yeah. he may have actually kicked him in the head <laughs> right. uh, but then they do then they do the edit and you get the second half of the kick you know a little bit wider where he kicks the fucking mannequin and the mannequin goes flying out of frame and then when <laughs> out of frame and then they cut and I don't know how Han is on the other side of the fucking cabinets because he's <laughs> He kicked him through a quantum portal to the other side of the cabinetry. (laughs) He must have kicked him up, and he went over that four-foot glass and landed. He kicked the shit out of him. Amazing. And, yeah, I know it's a goddamn dummy, but that, honestly, I think that that kick, like, he kicks the dummy. It's one of my favorite kicks in any martial arts film of all time. Like, he kicks that so hard. And the Foley's great, too, because it's oh. like... <laughs> the Foley like, in this whole movie's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, so good. We get the little donkey kick here where he gets him in that headlock from behind and boop, kicks him in the face. Yeah, it's cool. That, I don't think that would actually ever hurt, but... No, it's you a know, little it's, fuck it's, you kick. It's kind of cool and, you know, and then, fires a couple of punches at him. And then Han takes the spear from the statue, tries to fight him with it, and ends up running it through the, the wall, which gives us our entry into the mirrored set. Which... I watched this again, and I have no idea how you cannot see a camera in this mirrored section. They built a special room with mirrors all around the outside of it and cut a very small hole for the camera. That's it. Really? Yeah. They built a special room within the room of mirrors that had the camera in it. Because it's it's unbelievable how you don't see a camera in a room full of mirrors. Like, it's in 73. Mm. You know, like, that's a tremendous technological achievement on their part. Really, really cool. I remember being a kid, and it, this this whole section was, like, very magical. Yep. Like, to me, with all of the mirrors, like a mirror room, mirrors in all these directions, and, like, the infinite thing, and the, the music that they have 
playing here and how the mirrors are paneled and it's very disorienting and where Bruce would walk out of frame and then they would have Han, like the camera wouldn't move and they would have Han kind of move past and they were just kind of crossing frame. It's yes, done that's right. so well. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's done man. so well. It's, they, they do a, such a good job. There's a scene where they're, the camera's on Han and you think it's actually Han, but it's a reflection yes. because when Bruce slides around the corner, he's gigantic. Right, yep. relative to what you thought was a full-sized, actual Han human being, and then you know Bruce Lee comes around the corner and he's twice as big, and you're just like, oh, oh, like it fucks with your head. That's a reflection, and that's not a it's, that's a mini Han. Yeah, <laughs> that's a mini Han. It's like like that old SNL episode. Is it a mini Dicka or a regular sized Dicka? <laughs> yeah, regular sized Dicka. Now he's regular size. <laughs> Yeah, this is so good. And then when Bruce gets the idea to break the mirrors so he can figure out who he's supposed to hit. Yeah, and the flashback voice, again, yes. was not in the original VHS version no. where he's like, you will see that the enemy is just an illusion. Yeah, and they had to put a little iron piece in Bruce's hand that was hidden so that when he hit the mirrors, it would break. Yeah, I would imagine because I wouldn't want to go punching a bunch of Can't mirrors. Be breaking on... mirrors with your bare fist. Oh, you ain't crazy. So he broke yeah. all the mirrors and then, oh, there's Han. And we get the kind of final kick where he sidekicks Han and he goes flying back and ends up impaling himself on this spear that he put in the wall. Which, man, it's so good. Awesome. And again, the the shot is really cool. But when the door, when he goes through the door and he's just like, yeah, you know, like he doesn't give a fuck no more. And he just pushes the door open and it spins. And then the kind of the music and sound effects that they it's have. Perfect. As the door spinning, it is it is totally perfect. It's perfect. That was the, the on the commentary track. The producer uh, Heller he said that that was his favorite shot of the movie was Bruce Lee walking out and then Han impaled just spinning on that mirrored door as it turns in and out, and the spear just fits as it turns, and the wall just fits. So yeah. it's, it's it's perfect. It's such a cool little final shot of Han. Yeah, and then it's uh, really cool. Yeah, Lee walks out and sees. Sad Roper in the courtyard, mm. and Roper looks over and sees that Tanya has been killed. Sees Tanya's dead. Yeah, he's like, ah, God damn it! And Lee gives him the thumbs up, and Roper gives Lee the thumbs up, and then they give the focus change to Han's bare hand still stuck in the stump after the helicopters come because Braithwaite got the message, so he sent the helicopters in. So, and the final shot of the the the, the, the hand in the stump, the hand, the yeah, the the bear claw hand in the stump is really cool. But one one thing I really liked is. You know, after all of this, Bruce Lee goes outside. He and Saxon look at each other, and they're just kind of like, yeah, we did it. The helicopter shows up, and then Bruce's reaction to the helicopter showing up and the timing of that is so funny. He's just kind of like, oh, yeah. You know, just kind of. <laughs> thanks for like, showing up, dickheads. Uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for showing up. Really could have used you about an hour ago. You know. <laughs> You're a great, great guy to have around an hour after an emergency, dickheads. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for nothing. Wait. <laughs> you piece Jeez. of shit. Dickhead. I called you last night. <laughs> like, where the fuck were <laughs> Thanks for getting out of bed, numbnuts. <laughs> So yeah, that that wraps up. Enter the dragon. I'm so glad that we did this, man. Oh, like, me too. It's just me too. just really, really great after the last episode. Yeah, this was so so good. Like this, uh, the categories are going to be easy because you know it's like five four five for me with respect mm. to soundtrack, acting, and and uh, martial arts because the soundtrack is yeah. perfect. Like it's really good. 
The score. This of is the soundtrack? a really good soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack and the foley and even the theme. The theme song, I still love it. It's I mean, the shit. you know, it's it's decades old and yep. it's it's great. Yep. This the the mood music with both not both, but with everybody, with Roper, with Williams, the scene with with Lee's sister committing suicide, the mood is perfect mm. for that. The fight scenes, the the tonal change between the party or the banquet and then the fights with with Lee and O'Hara, it, it's perfect. It's a beautiful soundtrack for this movie. So five out of five. Five, yeah, five, five out of five. Out of five. five. Yeah, five fists out of five. Let's let's do this right. And then acting, I you know what I said four, but I I almost want to go five for acting too because they're all good, man. Everybody is good in this film. There's yeah. there's like there's some of the you gotta you gotta cut the film some slack because some of the extras are fucking around you know like running around waggling their dicks in the fucking changing room like hey look at this it's like hey pay attention to this but yeah i'm gonna give it five fists out of five for acting just because han williams saxon and lee were completely solid and you know what and angela mao she she was solid too even though she wasn't kind of in the tournament part of it i'm i'm gonna go five fists out of five this is this is fantastic acting think of another martial arts film that has acting this good it's yeah man like it's the, it's the tops yep anna capri's good peter archer the guy that plays parsons is awesome he plays his part really well like they're all good man they're all they're all good so yeah five fists out of five for acting they even wanted when when peter archer the guy that played parsons was talking to bruce lee on set Bruce Lee wanted him to come back to do another movie with him. Oh, Un- really? Unfortunately, Lee ended up dying before the yeah. completion of Game of Death, so boo. But uh, yeah, so he was he was wanting wanting Peter Archer to come back and do something else with him. So kudos on that front. And then obviously martial arts is is five out of five, dude. Like I'm not going lower than five. Yeah, out of five no, yeah. fists for this because that's not even a question. Five fists and a fucking shudo like it's a, uh a ridge hand a chicago ridge hand a ridge hand <laughs> coming at you no the, the the martial arts in this film are absolutely stellar yeah there's there's really you know like you know it's like oh there's one time where something kind of awkward happened like you know yep. like it's it, this this movie delivers like this is a martial arts film it delivers on that but it is an excellent story with excellent characters um good good ethos for everybody like everyone's yep. got a reason for being there there's no hey this there's there's no real like oh, okay this doesn't make any fucking sense there's a couple of little silly things but other than that like this is solid solid story solid everything yeah it's not only a classic of the genre it's the standard for classics of the genre yeah no you're you're right you it know? really it really is so yeah man dope as hell enter the dragon in the bank next up is going to I don't even know what it is. No? <laughs> I forget. Oh, we talked about it. We're moving from 73. We're moving up into the early, early 90s, 1991, to a little gentleman named Jeff Speakman. Oh, yes, yes. And his dope-ass movie, Perfect Weapon. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward. This, this is like a lot of the films that we do and a lot of the episodes that we do like these are movies that I've seen 60, 70, 80 times. Yep. Like End of the Dragon, I don't even know how oh, many times I watched this film. A lot. <laughs> but The Perfect Weapon, I've probably only seen it 4 or 5 times. Yeah, same. I've like, probably in seen my it life. 
Yeah, maybe four times. I'd be pushing to well, say we, four, and not in, and not in and more. I haven't seen this in twenty years, at least, probably longer. Yeah, because I remember you and I reading about it in Black Belt Magazine when we were kids. Yep, and we're like, okay, let, let like Jeff Speakman's going to be the next the next big star. So we were amped up. We went and saw it. It was pretty good. Then I think we went again with like. Colin and Tate and a couple other guys. I think so, yeah. And then I think we rented it when it came out on VHS. So I remember three renting times. it for sure. Yeah, I think it's three times we've seen this film. So. so, man, yeah, I'm excited to go back and revisit this and see uh, see how it stands up and see what the story is like again and, and sort of revisit it. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. So that is next time, The Perfect Weapon from 1991 on You Have Offended This Podcast.